everybody. The Second Print Comics Podcast is back, and I couldn't be happier. I'm a huge fan of the SPC show and host Mark M. Ramso, who are two bros, so much so that I'm a patron of theirs, and I'm a cheap and bitter man, so that should say something. But don't call it a comeback. Call it a rebirth, a fresh start. Call it what you will. But make sure you go and subscribe to the Second Print Comics podcast feed so you can listen to both of their shows. And that's right. They have two shows on their feed, the SPC Rebirth Show and the SPC Pop Show. Each show comes out every other Wednesday, and you get their awesome comic discussions on the Rebirth Show. And then you get a grab bag of comics, movies, TV interviews on the Pop Show. Right now, you can go and listen to their discussion of Savage Dragon number zero. And also Remzo's great interview with comic creator Matt Pataglia. Plus, you want to also check out their past episodes, which are supreme, as they say. So make sure you hit the links in the show notes or search out Second Print Comics Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and listen to the podcast every Wednesday when they drop. Also, though, go to Second Print Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow them there. Then go to their website, secondprintcomics.com. And finally, join me over on their Patreon at patreon.com, secondprintpod, where you just get more and more goodness. So check them out. Thanks both Mark and Remso for sponsoring this week's show. And off to the show we go. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm a clay-faced imposter, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 471. It is 471. Eric, and welcome all the weirdos to the Get Fresh crew. And welcome, Eric, to our No Frills, No Shills podcast. You like that? I'm going to do a little intro like you, uh, where me and Eric fake the funk for each other. But never uh, for the books, Eric. We're never for the books. But before we get into this week's nonsense, which play. I'm sure we have a bunch, follow us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. Then check out our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And finally, head over to our Patreon page to show your appreciation for everything that Eric does and also me as well. And get a ton of exclusive Mostly, shows. DC, Marvel, indie, manga, podcast hosted by me, Eric, and a lot of the members of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh, ooh, and that's ooh. at patreon.com slash weird uh-huh. science. And just to point out, which we rarely do, but we're going to shill some things here. I said no shills, but we'll shill for ourselves, right? <laughs> well, for ourselves, I don't mind. Uh, go over there because this February, it's February, right? It we is. have our book of the month, me and Storka going through Invincible Volume 2. But we have other things like me and Simon doing the Hellboy Reading Club, me and Mark Jager doing the Walking Dead Comics Reading Club, and me and my man, Dr. Matt Razor, continuing our Comic Book Crisis podcast, where tomorrow, before the Super Bowl, we're going to be recording Millennium Number 7 in an event that's it's interesting. It's, right. <laughs> it's not the greatest. It's, it's not no, the greatest, it's not. but it's something that's kind of cool to go through. Some Definitely things come up in it. It is interesting. It is different, but... We'll be going through that, almost done with that, and then we'll be switching off to a Marvel event where a bunch of people have 
given us, you know, some tips of what we should do, some suggestions. Clone but also, Saga. Gotcha. Yeah, really. Which one, Eric? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> also uh, in the news this week, Tom Taylor had mentioned that John John Kent will be going off and dealing with the Injustice universe. Well, if you wanted to know about that, I do an Injustice reading club as well that I really like. I got in a lot of fights with people this week about Injustice. I thought you weren't doing that anymore. Well, I wasn't going to, but they pulled me back in. It's like the mob. Do I can't help it. They pulled me back in. I, I did initiate it with a tweet, but I, and yeah, the tweet was trying to poke people, but I, I just don't Instigator. get it. So people sit there. And my whole play was I saw, it, I saw it right away where people were saying, oh, Injustice, Tom Taylor ruined comics with that. And I'm like, did he? I mean, seriously, people have elevated that story for a reason, but the idea that it was a tie-in to a video game that he was told what to write and how it had to turn out. I'm not going to really blame Tom Taylor for bad Superman, you know, an evil Superman. And you, it took you a while to read it. You didn't want to really read I it. I played when the it, game. I was good. Yeah, and you were good. But when you went and read it, you you did really like it. And I, yeah, it I do as well. Up to a certain year. I don't remember which, but it started out really good. Yeah, he ends up bailing. Brian Bucciolato starts doing it. It's not as strong then. And it seems like at that point, yeah, we've had enough, but it was really strong at first. The first two years, I really, really enjoyed. And I'm not going to blame Tom Taylor for the idea of having an evil Superman. And what happened is people I think they forget man. things. I think they forget things. Yeah. Well, I even pointed out when people, I, I got mad because people were suggesting we needed that type of Superman in our universe. I'm like, we do. It's in the multiverse. His name is Ultraman. You, you already have that. But one of the things that people were arguing with me were, Oh man, I didn't like it because people were demanding that that should be the regular Superman. Well, if that's the case, then I, I would be upset too if I was them. I didn't see anybody demanding. But I said to this guy, I'm like, really? Because at first I could hardly find it's anybody who was even reading it. Who would suggest, oh, it's just these guys who normally didn't read comics at, at work. I'm like, well, you don't have Neither to listen to them, right? And that's weird. And also just the idea that we've had this and now it's in the multiverse. So that's why John will be able to to go there, even though I thought our Tell favorite moment them. What are you talking that about? was our favorite moment with injustice. It was <laughs> hilarious afterwards where they get involved in convergence. They were the ones who stepped it up where once they said, Show us your stuff, hey, we're not we getting involved game, in this game. And he just wiped them out. We thought that yeah. was funny. We giggled at that. But all of that stuff over at our page, I think there's a lot of things that you can end up listening to. This week, I ended up doing a little bit of a, a scientific survey, and I wanted to see Here how many hours and episodes we've actually done throughout all of the podcasts and things like that. And this is actually what I came up with. With the only way I could, I went through the podcast attic. Some of these will overlap, but it's still uh, a pretty decent amount. 4,786 episodes total, it seems that we've done, Eric, since we started. And almost 7,000 hours. We're not at that 10,000 hour mark that makes us an expert. So we'll have to Is keep it 10,000 or 100,000? I, I don't know. No, there's, it's 10,000, I believe. 10,000 hours is, is a crazy amount. So when we get to the 10,000 hours, there's not going to be any excuse for us to make any mistakes on the podcast then. Yep, that's why I Badass say, right? roll calls is going to go snap right through. But right now, we haven't gotten there. So I have a full out excuse. I'll lean on that excuse tonight, probably. We'll see. How it goes, Eric, even though I was having problems loading it up. So is that a deal? But all that stuff that I said about all the things that we do, but that's not all I have. 
But that's not all, because you last week... You some other people on other now, social media. No, last week, oh. our regular podcast was Patreon-only. That's still sitting around. Exclusive. You want to go... Yeah, exclusive. If you want to go listen to that, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month, and you'll be able to listen to that, plus get every week's DC Comics podcast early access the night before is how I end up doing it. We end up finishing up the recording, and I get right to the editing. And sometimes I go to bed at 4 a.m., but that is what I do. That's, not, the that's podcast not all. Fault. That's not all, Eric. Well, sometimes it is because we go and ramble on. Speaking of which, we had this week's DC Comics Badass Spotlight. Uh, people seem to enjoy that we talked a lot about the Beatles and music and our... Uh, I don't recall any of that. Yeah, you end up where Gray, he's mad at you. He says that you are a, a slime ball. He didn't say uh, <laughs> Slime ball. You know oh, I read the comments, right? <laughs> he, he just said that. How dare you end up saying stuff bad Come about on, the, Beatles. the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up, though, Overrated. before that, we talked about Lazarus Planet Next Evolution number one and the Flash number 792. And really, I don't think, and a lot of people nowadays will argue with me, I don't think there's a possible way that you can overrate the Beatles. That's just me. But that spotlight, we do it every week. Every week, two books picked by the badasses. We get fresh crew, uh, uh, and we do that spotlight. That's kind of gotten to the point where it's about two hours long each week, much to Eric's chagrin. But those books, I try as to get I it said, in 45 minutes. I don't know what happens. By the bed. That's like Jess said, but then she readily said 45 seconds is what I think. And Oh, sex jokes. Huh? I want to give out. That's the way we play it, Eric. I, I'm having problems now. I ended up where right before we recorded. Now. I like, to, I like to settle down before. I like to read the books and then I try to give myself. I, I'm bad with picking the timing of things, but I usually think I need like 15 minutes to just calm my nerves down, Eric. Get ready. Get some thoughts going, right? And instead, I decided at the last second that I needed to do a song for our first section of books. I ended up having about 14 minutes. And I thought to myself, well, what I need to do is maybe get a hold of Eric and say, hey, uh, I'll be But I know you get pissed. So I couldn't delay things. So I thought, the time, the time is going now. Boom. And I had to get, I got done a second before I told you that we were going to record. I even had to run down. And heat up my coffee. I'm all out of sorts now. I didn't have my thinking time, Eric. But with all of that, badass roll call. I told you that I'm going to be on today, right? Didn't I say that? No. Here we go, Eric. And I, I say this now that the roll call <laughs> it went down. Here we go. Michael Jordan. Welcome back, Michael Jordan. Eric K. Double K is in the house. Eric Jeffrey Greek. Stephen Bat. Dad Mitchell. The Annihilator. Ted Probes. I love Punchline Store. Michael S. Cam. Matt Razor. D-Man 3000. Lady Abby and Lord Andy. Francisco L. Roth Third. Niels T. Wart. David Banks, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, 242 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Amanda Souk, Amanda, oh, Amanda oh, Sook, I guess that is. Uh, I, I thought it was like Ryan Sook. Amanda <laughs> Sook, the Mark J, who is that person who does? Mark Jagger, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Noah Mark, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis. Manship, I sent Manship an email today and said, listen, if you do not respond to me, I'm sending out a wellness check to your house where I don't know where you live. Andrew and Belfast, we got the Swanee. Swanee was hoping that the Jags would get into the Super Bowl, Eric. They did not. Oh, Anthony yeah? G, Josh Ramilly, my man from NYC. Eric, like I said, 10,000 hours. Uh, uh, let's go with the bad. Ass. Uh, 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 bad. Sing along with me, Eric. Keep it on my seat. 
<laughs> Beyond Mark, our man Rob Lewis, B. Muir, Brandy Murray, and Double A Ron doxing his ass in Minnesota. He I, he'd probably tell me he did not think the Vikings would get to the Super Bowl because he is a he's a cynical guy. He oh. he doesn't trust the the Vikings to come out at the end for him. He's always you know. A guy that's a glass half empty, I think. Up the, well, I'm glad we all live, know this. If you live in Minnesota, I mean, what are you going to do, Eric? All you have to look forward to is that fried shit in the summer. That's all. That's all you have to look forward to. And maybe some ice fishing. You ever go ice fishing? No. You know what you should do when you decide to go ice fishing? Do something else other than ice fishing. I hate fishing and I hate the cold. That does not equal ice fishing. And if I'm going to cut a hole in something, Eric, I'm going to get something out of that, not just some frozen fish, right? That's what I see. are not frozen. See, I told you. Well, they, they kind of... That's not um, how that works. I thought that you just go in there like dead and frozen. You pull them up. You're like, oh, my God. That's kind of... Isn't that how they ended up coming up with the frozen vegetables? Isn't that part of the deal? Yeah. I was watching a lot frozen of... Uh, I was watching videos last night on the history of some certain foods and things like that. And I did end up watching something on cheese. And then I did see something about the fast food during the Middle Ages. It was it was fascinating. It was. But we're not here to talk about that, are we? We're here to go off and listen to that stupid song I made, but also get to the books. God, I hope these books don't soup tonight. Yeah, I, if they souk, I'm going to be really upset, Eric, because they some have been souking a lot lately, uh, but not all of them. <laughs> They're the soukiest souks that ever souk these things. <laughs> Uh, we have a very heavy Batman uh, podcast, but what, what else we do? Yeah, we, we have that. Uh, but we do have the Batman book that people were fired up and excited about. People are getting more on board. But we have the two Jokers books back in together. I like when they were separate weeks because I get confused. I get confused. And really, I sit there and like, Don't which one Joker do I not that. like? Okay, I got both. it. Both. <laughs> that is kind of the deal. Now, with a, an aside, too, we've had a couple people who have quit the Patreon recently and actually gave the excuse of, hey, Eric's a jerk. And I said, well, really? That's why? And then they said, well, actually, I'm not enjoying DC Comics anymore, which, again, that was something that we've gone through throughout all this. And I just, you know, let's all have some fun is what I'm saying, Eric. Let's enjoy them or not enjoy them together. But I go to the Patreon. I was desperately begging people, Eric. Oh, my God. Tanya's giving me the stink eye every time I, I give her the bad news. It's like you. But there's some all I ever gets the bad news. <laughs> it is true. Well, that's again. I'm just like Double A Run up there doxing his ass in Minnesota. Fifteen people right? join the Patreon. I might find out in a month. If one person leaves, you'll never believe this bullshit, Eric. They left. Seriously, you say that, but is that a shock to you? I mean, if no. we end up when we would write reviews, that's why I really respond to you. I'm saying, like, I'm glad they stayed with us as long as they did. But we'd write reviews, and I'd have like. 50 comments, 49, just, oh, man, greatest review, that one person. It's like, man, you write like a six-year-old. That's all I think of, and I get mad. And then you tell me not to engage. And I yeah. don't listen, Eric. It's like, no, and then so I have to deal with it. I start doing, like, I, I'm telling you, I start doing internet sleuthing to find out where these people are. Who they yeah, call them that's, psychopaths. Yeah, that's what I do. Though one of the things that happened back in the day, you ended up doing the same thing for your Batman 44. And you came and you ended up solving the crime, Eric, and it was the funniest that thing ever. That wasn't even, like, any kind of sleuth. And I looked one place and said, this guy thought he, like, blocked his, like, I'm not even the IP, but his He, he tried to go and anonymous. <laughs> yeah, this guy from another site, like, was, like, going That's not in. That's being smart. That's just them being stupid. I clicked one button. And it wasn't just saying to Eric, 
like, oh, man, I disagree with you. It was pretty much the, I don't know why people listen and read your stuff because I'm just Joe Schmo reader. And I, and Eric's like, this seems weird. And you ended up pointing on this thing and he didn't go full anonymous. And we found out that it was a guy from another podcast and site, Eric, that, you know, I'm going to be classy and not tell everybody it was Doom Rocket. So we're uh-huh. going to go off now, Eric, to the first section of books. As we said, it's going to be very Batman-centric. But as you also said, what isn't? So let's go. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy it. Off we go, Eric. I've got to be honest. I think you know. It's Morrison shit from back in the day. He's somewhere beyond us. Oh. But he's gonna get back and find a way. Here we go again. Oh. Here we go again. Cause he's a fat guy. And so why not? But I. You like the Bat God, though, Eric. You have been on record to say that you love the Bat God so much you should marry the Bat God. How about that? Would you marry the Bat God before you marry Jess? Do you think? Yes. Would you? (laughs) Oh, you're a whore. It's 2023, Eric. I need myself a sugar daddy. Yes, you do. Well, he doesn't have all the money anymore. He has enough for you, though, I think. That's the thing. You end up like, hey, man, how much money do you have? And he's like, I have just enough. You're like, you're, you're right. You need a new Transformer? Yes. Yes, I do, Daddy. Uh, we ended up replacing all the tires in our car, and it seems that somebody has sliced one of the tires now, like three days after we replaced them. I'm not going to blame Matthew Rosenberg, Eric, but maybe. I not will. Yeah, allegedly. I don't know what you have to say to make it legal, but I Honestly, I think it was just there. I blame your son driving through somebody's house. That might be, well, we ended up having to replace this one. This one wheel had this leak, oh, you know, forever. So we went to replace that one tire, and they're like, oh, by the way, I think you have to replace all four. I call bullshit on that, but Tanya said, yeah, I guess You're not do. a car guy, so shut your mouth. Right, so uh, we get those replaced, and two days later, it looks like somebody slashed it. Though she, we, well, she it turns out, out the winner's got a lot of enemies in Quake Town. Yeah, well. That's true. Now, I can't go and make the stand that I did when they egged our car. I think you have to put, oh, you have to fix the wheel and maybe put air in it. No. But still, maybe Stick to not. Your guns, man. Never see you those do, funny. You. They have those funny videos where there's just people just driving down the highway and there's oh, yeah. just sparks <laughs> and they're like yelling. People are yelling. I saw one where it's just, it looks like the whole car's on fire, right? And they're yelling like, yeah, you're, you're tired, you're tired. And the person looks over, gets road rage, gives them the finger, and then tries to ram them off the road. That person was Jess, I think. I don't know why I thought it was that, Eric. But here we are, and we had this idea. I don't know where we got it, but this is a bat-centric bit of the podcast. The whole podcast kind of is. But like Wrong, wrong Turn said. This is Eric, Batman Bitch. It is Batman Bitch, and that is DC Comics. And again, I fought with a lot of people before about the whole Batman you? deal. And it does end up getting tiresome at points. But again, we understand why there's bat books, because when you get the top 100, top 50 sales, the little that we can get 
most of the bat books are there. So we're going to have those. I just. We have a plethora of bat books. So we're going to have we a do bunch have of a the plethora. smaller books. And that's the thing. We always say that is that it allows them to have the smaller books. Now, unfortunately. Maybe if I get things, four more bat books, I get a Firestorm book. Maybe. The thing is, once things get real tight and things are starting to get tight for the comic book industry, especially the big chill. They get tight and all of a sudden the other little, they're littler Batman books. And they're like, what's going on? But it seems like we have some different variety of books coming up and we can thank the Batman for that. Are you going to thank Chip Zdarsky, though, for this Batman era? Because I tried desperately to find my notes. Batman number 132, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Mike Hawthorne, Adriano Vendetto, Timo Moray, and Clayton Coles. Eric Clayton Coles. And we end up, we're on this other alt world. The, the play here is, again, there's Bat God stuff in it. You like that. But there is that play of, okay, Batman keeps dying. He, he has died in every book. We end up in this multiversal hypertime, whatever it might be. We're starting to learn a couple things from it. But I think that I needed something a little more because it did just seem like, okay, we just Chip Zdarsky squirreled Batman away on this other deal. It didn't really satisfy me the way that Failsafe ended, but I do like this issue. I am getting back but who on board. who says that Failsafe is actually ending? Because as we have in the back of it, it seems like Failsafe is still out there and nobody knows what happened to him. Yeah, and I want to know more about that. And I hope that one thing that we brought up before, I hope that they do end up saying, you know, what, not just Failsafe, but the many Failsafes that seem to be patrolling God Man, and I, things I don't think like we're that. Get that. Like, I love I answers. Either. I want to get all the answers, but I don't expect me to find some, like, you know, many Failsafe robots. And it was funny, not only just that, but at points we were getting little panels of, say, Oracle attached to a machine, like like she was part of the, got real. you know, the <laughs> Matrix and stuff like that. Yeah, it did get real, and that kind of got pushed aside. I don't mind that, but I do want to know what happened with Failsafe. And what we're getting here in this issue kind of did make me laugh because we are getting throughout this Chip Starsky run a bit of R.I.P., a bit, a lot of Grant Morrison stuff. But then suddenly in this, we're like, oh, shit, yeah, this is year one in, in a weird hypertime alternate way. But I, I don't mind it. I'm actually intrigued. I'm going to stay away from hypertime and just say either Elseworld or Pocket Dimension. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. So I, I don't want to actually say multiverse because it might not even be that. But you're right. Well, at it's least more Bruce obvious. believes he's like in another world. Yeah, yeah. In the and, multiverse. And it does seem like there are that and sort so of thing. And seems like. And the backup actually works out that it talks about the multiversal re- residue and, and stuff like that. But we end up going into this. And while Chip Zdarsky was giving us a Batman and he was giving us some intriguing stuff. Now, when we get into this, he's going to expand the world a bit. Not it, it doesn't feel like he's holding our hands doing it, which I do like. And we're getting a. I need more. But this story seems to it's going to be a bit of a slow burn. It's going to be going for a while now. So I'm kind of I'm kind of in this issue, especially I think that I'm ready to settle down and enjoy this for what it was. I think that the shock of all this crazy stuff also going with the idea that Batman's died 17 times from Sunday in the past, you know, six weeks. So once I'm able to, like, settle down, Dark Crisis is over. We're here. I I don't mind it. I do like seeing it. And I like seeing Alfred and Leslie having a relationship. They are knocking boots, Eric. And Look I you like stopped, it, Bruce. right? Look what you stopped. I, I like it. And that's the play here. When you get to at a, at a point, what is this going to lead to? Is this going to lead to Bruce just thinking to himself, okay, this is not my world. He says it a lot. You know, he says, this isn't my. Sl-. But is he going to get to a point where he starts to feel bad about some things like a, 
oh my god look at alfred he could have been alive and dating leslie but i got involved in all my nonsense i think he's just happy he found a world where alfred's alive honestly because i think he misses alfred at this point in time way more than he wants to leave it's one of those situations where by the end of this issue for our main story, it almost seems like this Gotham is fucked. It is a city within this alternate United States, which the United States is pretty much shunned and says, look, you do your crazy shit over there, Gotham. We're not getting involved because you guys are nuts. And it's, it's a world where Bruce can actually be Batman and possibly make a difference for how messed up it actually is compared to what he has on his own Earth. And like you said, even the idea of saying, okay, the government said just shut it. Okay, you got them. You kind of shut yourself. It's like a no man's land. It's like no man's land. There's a lot of stuff. But what I do like about it, against some other stories, say like when Booster Gold took Bruce to that world. No, no, no. That Tom King did. That never, it didn't work because he tried to do weird stuff with it. And it it had this weird purpose of, I'm going to show him this. I'm going to show him that. At this point. It does just feel like Bruce is in this world that Failsafe wanted to help him out, you know, with his empathy. Compassion. But he's yeah. there, but it's, it doesn't feel like, I, I like the idea. It doesn't feel like he's being taught a lesson. This doesn't feel like he's hey, there. We, we still I have skeleton Jim you. Gordon, Jiminy Cricket on his shoulder telling him some weird shit. What's the idea? Is it like Bruce believes within this, like a multiversal sickness from traveling throughout the multiverse? That's why he's hallucinating right now. Or is it something that we, it's called the crane brain? That's I a, think yes, it's the it's crane brain. Here. I think it's or, a combo. Is it something else? Is his own psyche playing against him at this point in time? Is he actually insane outside of the crane brain and multiversal sickness? And I like, well, again, this multiversal sickness, I like the way that Chip Zdarsky explains it here. Not like we had in that, you know, nonsense war for Earth 3 and all that well, Suicide Squad is, stuff it, where we that didn't was even just have weird. it for war for Earth 3. We had it at the beginning of Suicide Squad until, oh, God, we can't keep this up. So let's not, let's not talk about it anymore. We're fine. No, really, they had problems because of the vibrations and it was making them all sick and all that stuff. I like this, though, that you do end up at points and it, it does go in a way that it shows you. There's season Bruce Wayne. Like, the, he doesn't bat an eye. And what I do like, too, there's this little aside story or a little idea here that I do like of the idea of a comic book universe. Like, who really is the crazy one? If you had somebody in our world. Judge Dent. Yeah, well, anybody in our world is like, man, there's all these different versions of Earth. And that. nowadays, they might take them a little more seriously because of what's going well, that's Normally, science. that's like, look at this asshole. Like, what is he doing? The ancient alien stuff. But in a world where that stuff is real, it is a weird play of who is insane and who isn't. And I do like this idea where Bruce is talking. Hey, I've been all over the place. I understand that this might be this psychosis type thing that you get from traveling. But then you end up having this Jules say, oh, no, no, no. It's the crane brain. And I have pills for that. And I'm giving you the pills. And you wonder, like, and only the rich can afford the pills. Yeah, only the rich can afford the pills, and this lets them think straight. And that leads to more of this discussion of how this world is different, how it's still kind of similar in points. But I do like the play of that. And it doesn't feel like Chip Zdarsky is doing what you normally get. Like, oh, man, look at this wow factor thing. And this is that. It is. It ends up having some neat things, but it, it feels like a story that he is letting you know, simmer a bit. And it's not just here for, hey, I'm going to throw this in your face and, and wow you with the crazy stuff here because some of the stuff I think is a little more subtle than I might even like, like the idea of the Arkham and what is really going on with Dent 
and Red Mask and things. I want to know more about that now. Well, like, Judge I, Dent works for Red Mask. His body being developed with Venom and stuff like that, it seems to be that Red Mask is, like, you know, completely in charge. He can take away all the power that Judge Dent has, and we got to keep bringing people to Arkham for whatever sick plan that, like, Red Mask has. But it's almost along the lines, like, I need fresh bodies from my crazy experiments, but you don't know that yet, but wait till you see that shit. And before we were debating who we thought Red Mask was and things like that, I didn't actually even really bother with that thinking in this issue, yeah. especially especially when it got to the point of him doing these experiments. Like, his character is developed more of, oh my god, like he's just doing experiments in Arkham, and this is crazy. I thought he was just some vigilante going around, and they'd explain some things like that, but I do like when he presses the button, and Dent goes and looks like me and you suddenly. He ain't the sexy, strong guy suddenly, Eric. He's, he's all scrawny. And then when he gets back, boy, he looks sad. Doesn't He, he looks a bit everybody, like Danzig as well, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But everybody here <laughs> seemed to be working for the Red Mask in this Gotham City to some degree. If you have any kind of power, any kind of threatening peace where anybody who lives within this city is afraid of you, you're working for Red Mask, essentially. Because even by the end of this, we'll find out that Selena Kyle, Catwoman, not actually Kyle, just Selena Kyle, and Punchline, are both working together for the Red Mask to bring in Bruce Wayne, who's not supposed to be here, because even Harvey Dent says, look, I know this Bruce Wayne is supposed to be dead, but I looked at that guy's eyes, I know that's Bruce Wayne, and so obviously Red Mask, with all his curious thinking, is about what's going on in the human brain and how he needs more test he needs to find this Bruce Wayne and bring him in, because he's a little bit curious. Yeah, he is. I, I do... Well, maybe he's got bigger machinations, but I don't know at yeah, this point. I, I did get a little pissed off with Bruce at the bit because he goes back and he's making breakfast for this Jules and she's like man this is awesome day universe spaceman like you're a great cook how did you learn how to cook and he's like well I have a lot of kids that I ended up and they were hungry I'm like bullshit you, you learned from Alfred you jerk off you didn't let I wish that he just said I had you know a, a man a man among men <laughs> that taught me I wish that he made a little bit of a well, I used to have a guy who'd do this, but but I learned from him. I learned from the best, something like that. I used that. to have a manservant. Yes, I used to, like, ooh, la, la. I actually, he should have just said, well, I learned from one of the best or something. What, one of the best omelet makers? Who's that? It's me, An Eric. Old I'm very good. Taught me to I'm cook. very good at the omelets. I am. Uh, but, yeah, he ends up doing that, and they're talking about this idea of being crazy in here and also what you have to do, and it does point towards the recluse of what is the wane of this world, which I do. I holiday. Do like. Yeah, holiday. And I do like holiday. that. Holiday. Eh, holiday. I'm on a holiday myself. And they end up where I we know. saw this H on that. Te- we thought it might end up being something a little more like, okay, that makes sense. I got work because I saw guy. some H on the street in Quaker Town the other day. That's true. I saw some <laughs> D as well, Eric. But you end up where he's got to yeah. go to this gala. <laughs> And uh, he says to the stools, like, I can pretend to be rich. I'm pretty good at that. But can you get me in? And he gets some equipment. He gets some non-metal, you know, weapons and things like that. He's putting things together and making He's disguise. Some, like, rope and, again, and a box cutter. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, some of these things, I think that one thing is just a bunch of towels in a fancy wrapper there. Actually, and, I think it's not even that. I think it's just plastic sheeting. I don't know what he's doing. It's almost like a serial killer survivor yeah, kit. I think that's what it is. He's going to hide the bodies. But... Yeah, he does this, and I do like it. He's using the skills that he has in this world, trying to figure out things. And when he does go off to this gala, he gets in. You don't, have to, yeah, you don't have to, you know, play up games. But again, it's funny because with Chip Zdarsky and Batman the Night, remember when he blew that when they were at that one gala and all hell broke loose and he started jumping around? Well, here's Bruce there, and he's trying to 
you know, schmooze a little. He's trying to figure out what's happening. And right away, Selena is there. A uh, little bit, I mean, looks a little like Electra. And she, yeah, well, it's a nice, that's that a long dress. That's the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just a red dress, is all it is. And a woman with dark hair. But when you have this, Bruce Wayne comes in thinking he can schmooze and peruse, get along with lines and like talk his way through this gala to get to Halliday because Halliday is the big industrial. So he has all the scientific equipment. He needs the scientific equipment to get his ass back home. So he thinks, all right, easy peasy. I've been playing billionaire Bruce Wayne for years. I can put on a fake mustache because I love doing that shit. Go in there and talk my way to do it. But he doesn't know that he's a wanted man because of Red Mask and the idea that Bruce Wayne is out there and still alive. So pretty much right away, he gets into this gala and his cover is blown. Selena and Punchline come in and he even peeks a gander or whoever this Halliday is. And for some reason, it's the worst part of the issue in my mind. I still like the issue a lot. Turns out this Halliday in this world is a Joker who never became the Joker. So like he looks at this Halliday, he's like, that face, that smile. And you get a picture of the Joker, I'm like, all right, look, I, I, I don't know where you're going, obviously, because I'm, I'm not a mind reader or a future teller, but we don't need the Joker in the story the way you're doing it right now. I don't need the big guy that Bruce Wayne needs help from to be the Joker of another world just because we have so much That's Joker the well moment, it seems. That's the, that's <laughs> Everything kind else of, is the well moment. This is the downer moment. It's, again, you're, you're playing with the idea, okay, what would have happened with what became the Joker without a Batman? Okay, he's, he kind of is a hero to some people here, but... We'll have to see how it goes. I just want to know when Jack Oswald White changed his name to Halliday. Now, I just don't. Yeah, really. It's after he the third album from the White Stripes, Eric. He needed oh. to get a little more privacy. I don't know why, but I never realized that Selena had that horrific scar on the side of her face, or at least that cut. I, I did not notice that before, and it's not really talked about here. I mean, you see it, right? You no, know what I'm I don't talking see it about? Either. If you look at her, she has a horrific cut on the side of her face, this big red gash cut on the side of her face. In I that only play see it where some paddles. And I'm, I think actually the thing it's is there. I'm telling you, there might be like a different like close up view from where I am right now. But it's just when I look at this. OK, there, there's Go to one. page 12. Where, I'm right there now. And the thing is, it almost looks like the idea. And the thing is, this might be the idea where she was a prostitute in this world before getting like, you know, moving on. I didn't up notice by red it mask, before where. You know, she did something bad and her uh, her uh, pimp decided to make her not so pretty no more. I don't know. <laughs> well, what you do, that that's not a good play as a pimp, Eric. You don't damage the Y'all merchandise, up. right? You, you don't want to hurt yourself, so you use your I shoe. But you, don't, bitch now. you don't hit the face. What are you doing? But I didn't recognize that before. I didn't notice that before. And it's kind of a weird little play. Or maybe it's new. Maybe when, I don't know. Maybe it I'm missing old, something from, from the last deal. I, I agree. Now, the weird play is this is where... Bruce thinks that since they're in a crowd, he can end up. And Selena comes up and like, hey, Bruce Wayne, wait, wait, like, I know who you are. You're not supposed to be here. All this going on and all hell's about to break loose. He ends up saying. Punchline, Selena, Kyle, Killer Croc, all here to whoop Bruce Wayne's ass. But after he sees what is the Joker here and he sees Halliday was the Joker, he'd be like, okay, Miss Kyle, I need to go over here thinking that in this crowd, Nothing is going to happen. Selena won't end up making a scene. You don't get this world, Bruce. I'm telling you, she ends up using the whip to corral him in. Punchline you can't use the stairs, Eric, and not even that can't leap over a railing. Just goes right through it. And then all hell breaks loose in this. Punchline looks like a female fury in this. And yeah, and I, I agree. And also you have Killer Croc, who looks like he's a newsy, but, but a big, big crocodile ever. version, right? I do like it. I do like it a lot. But it looks like if Jimmy Olsen got Killer Croc powers. It does. And, and so, really, he probably has at some point. I ended up where I almost cried bullshit in my mind reading this because I thought, what the hell's going on with all the other people there? This was this big soiree. 
Why would they do? And he, Kip Starsky actually explains that these people just hang loose. They see this happening and just are like, yeah, they're terrified to even react to it. They're almost like pretending it's not happening. It's a weird place trying to figure that out. This I'll is their give life. credit to that. Now, we do have the backdrop, right? We've talked about this. We're going to mention it in a minute. Do we have the bat croc? Because he ends up, Bruce Wayne, I know he's not going to want to kill anybody, even in an Elseworlds type deal. He sets Croc on fire and knocks him out of a, what is they on? The 90th floor of the steel? He's dead, Eric. And he's like, he's he'll fine. be fine. He goes, he'll be fine. I'm like, he's no, very I don't durable. think so. When I see him flying out, I feel like he is so dead. But I guess he'll live. I know he's on fire. Thick ass crocodile skin, so he's going to nah. be able to take this. It's going to singe him a little bit, and he's going to fall, but... I saw Bruce Wayne fall as well, and he survived. And he so. says that, but again, that is it the bat god and the crocodile? Because I'm looking where he says, and it's so funny. If they would have just said, okay, I'm going to set him on fire. He'll be fine. Knock him out of the window. Don't show me how far he is now going to fall. And not even close to a ledge. I mean, he is now in the middle of, you know, the street deal. He is dead, Eric. But, You'll you know, believe a crocodile can fly. A gravity is his enemy. So, you know, Batman didn't kill him. The gravity plus the napalm that he just got him with. But he yeah. ends up, he's trying to work. It's like the Joker in Batman 89. Yeah, exactly. So you end up having Bruce. He's all pissed off. He ends up where he knows the fight's going. He recognizes that almost everybody here fighting Let's is on Venom. his guard down, though, because he sees yeah, Alfred in the distance the and realizes, oh, my God, Alfred's alive here. It's almost a situation in the movie. Like, you have it in a lot of things, but like in Happy Death Day to You, I don't know, you probably never saw that movie. That's a, a Scott Liddell. In that sequel, the idea, like, the, the first movie is almost like a, a killer, like, horror movie Groundhog Day, and the second one does that, but in a, in a different, like, multiversal world where things are slightly different. And then the girl has to decide whether or not she wants to get back to her own timeline because in this world, her mother's still alive where she wasn't from her world. So I'm like, I don't know if that Bruce is going to end up, you know, he has, he's obviously going to lose a lot if he doesn't go back home. But at least in this one, he knows one thing that he doesn't have in his world is here right now. The Wolfman. The Wolfman. Wolfman. And uh, with that, Eric, does it shock you that I saw the first Happy Death Day? I actually yes, did. I, yes, watched it it. I watched it with my kids. Uh, they wanted to watch it. It, it was, was at a point. It was at a point where we were watching a couple of horror movies before I realized they were nonsense. So I ended up watching that. You got too scared. Don't say never nonsense. saw the second one. I did get scared. Uh so in that, I, I kind of with the Happy Death Day, I just ended up like oh, weirded goofy. out. That's and like, man, I I don't want to end up like that, right? Like that. Groundhog Day, get me. <laughs> yeah, holy crap. Uh but yeah, in this, it does. You know, it it freezes up. Bruce is shocked. He sees Alfred, but also Alfred sees him. And actually has that shock as well. That's kind of, I think, maybe that's the twist of this that I do enjoy as well. This is a deal where there was a Bruce Wayne. There just wasn't a Batman. Bruce Wayne's supposed to be dead. He ends up even Selena talking about how he became a social worker, which, you know, that makes sense. A lot of times these stories will be just, okay, Bruce Wayne was just taken out of the timeline. We're going to go. That or he was killed with his parents. Yeah, 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 all that sort of deal. I like the idea that he just didn't become Batman. Yeah, and then died. And so some of these, and we don't really know how and what was involved. You would think that he tried to fight back a bit, whatever the case may be. But you end up having these people react because they do know him, and they're shocked to see him, but some think it's bad, some good maybe. But I do like that sexy Bruce look when he's like, Alfred, look at him. It looks like he's got eyeshadow on and mascara. He's sexy he up there. Doesn't he? He looks good. 
It looks like actually at He's that point. He's not putting on a fake mustache. He's doing himself all up. I'm telling you, with that there, it looks like the crazy Henry Cavill with that mustache on. I'm like, that's a sexy fella. Uh, but he's trying to react. And the problem is here, too, is now he's got to also play that weird game of I can't be so capable that they'll yeah. know that I'm this. But he kind of reveals that if he doesn't, he's going to die and crock even seems especially when he gets shot out of a window and then has a, <laughs> a, a lasso go around to help break his fall. And he's just saying to himself, you survive falling from the moon. You can survive this and then crash running down. And we end the, this part of the issue, though, with him just staying, like, you know, on the ground, like, you know, not ground, but like the skylight he broke through on an adjacent building. And he's just laying there looking up and there's a bastard there. The idea, actually, no, he ends up, he fights some, uh, like, a cop, a corrupt yeah, cop at this yeah, point yeah. in time. But he gets, he's continually just getting the crap beat out of him, like you see in a lot of Batman books now. But at the end of this whole thing, he is laying there, just totally beat up, shot, bloodied up. And he sees a bat just looking there. He's like, you know what? Yes, Gotham, I shall become a bat. When you have the, the recreation of Batman, where you have the beginning of the issue with Leslie Tompkins, Young, and Alfred when they're together in the beginning of the book, because she's going off to do more doctory stuff. Because even though, you know, things are crazy in Gotham, she still wants to help because most of the other doctors have moved on to Metropolis and don't want to be in Gotham for good they reason. They call them smart doctors there. Exactly. But she, but she was giving Alfred shit because he's not doing anything with his life, but hanging out in the tower that they live in and stuff like that. So the idea now that we're, Bruce Wayne realizes that he can do some good here. Maybe that'll inspire Alfred now that he sees that Bruce is still alive to go and do that. Almost the dynamic duo aspect they had before Robin came around, where it was just Bruce and Alfred against the world. Yeah, and so when when you have this, there is that you know crazy deal at the end. I'm like, oh my god, here we go, year one. But it makes sense. You know, you end up having him not learning to be Batman again, but learning and being Batman in this world. I do like that. But when he ends up and also getting the attack beat out of him when he when he gets shot. And he's there. But I like that, that he has to almost allow that a bit. So you have that. But also, he doesn't have his weapons and gadgets. So you're going to have that weird play of, yeah, he's back, God. Because when he gets kicked out of the window, he does actually grapple. And he's there. I'm like, all right, to open that window. Oh, no. What are you doing? He jumps <laughs> off and goes terminal velocity. Full he out. survived he, the moon. He can survive this. When you jump off a ledge that looks like you are how many feet above, don't go face first. That, that's not the way to do it first. But he ends up doing I actually thought it, was, I thought it was Trip, Chip Sadarsi kind of playing the idea. Well, I have to show this because I did knock Brock out of here, too. So he can survive as well. But when he goes in. And yeah, he ends up where he's trying and he's beat up and then there's a, you know, a cop that's bad as he's thinking to himself and even has, you know, Bonesy Gordon about the idea of what this city needs. And you did have that, like you said at the beginning, Leslie talking where this is the point where when we have these things and we always want to see more. This is always it happens. It's happened in a bunch of the things, say that Earth 3 miniseries. We wanted to see more of the Green Lantern and that and stuff. In this, I now want to see if there's a Superman, what he's doing without a Batman. Once they mention Metropolis and stuff, it, it, it always broadens out, but then you don't really have enough time for that or whatnot. So we'll, we'll have to see. But I do like when he decides then for Gotham now. This is to save Gotham, not his parents. He decides to be the Every bat, Gotham so. is my Gotham. I want to go home, but I know this. I've been here before. I'm sorry. They need help out of this to strike fear into the people who need it. I've been here before. The idea that he will become the bat. And actually, this gets me a little bit worried because I like the idea because a lot of times you'll have him just worried about Gotham. And if you have multiversal problems, like, look, I got Gotham stuff to deal with. I don't have time for that. He's accepting more responsibility. Look, he's going to stay here. He wants to see his sons. He wants to see Selena. He wants to get back home. But he has things he has to get done here. But with a world without a Batman, I'm really concerned 
that by the end of this, it might lead to a weird retitling of Batman Incorporated. If that doesn't work out, we have Batman Multiversal Incorporated situation. We have Batman Ooh, across the cool. multiverse. And I'm like, I don't know if I need that. I don't know if actually you say that. That sounds kind of neat, you know, expanding the scope. But I Because every like, Gotham is his Gotham, and he needs to worry about it. And here's the thing. If you're going to sit there, remember this main story and what we're dealing with right now. You might want to keep in mind or, or question or think about the idea that Failsafe sent him here with with empathy, saying that, okay, I want to have empathy. I'm going to do this. Is this the idea that Failsafe, knowing that Bruce has done all this, an unwinnable war for his parents, he's now shifting it to, and it's nothing new, and we've had this, but, but is he now showing him that Gotham itself is what he needs to fight for? Not his parents, not the memory of that, but the actual people right now in Gotham to make sure that it's not, you know, a, a piece of shit cesspool, which it is, because well, it keeps getting we, taken over. I mean, can we, in the real can we deal. believe, though, failsafe, he's an ultimate robot killing machine or just a Batman stopping machine for how he was built by Zura and Ah. But can we say for certain that he knew exactly where this gun well, would send that's him? Where I what think this the gun would do? Go. But I mean, the idea he seemed to know. he seemed to think like he knew with empathy. He said, "That's where I think we're going with." But at the end, we might think like I'm going through all these theories, and then finally, in the last panel of the end of the story, they go, "Man, failsafe, you did it!" You, he's like, "I didn't know shit. I just blasted him." Like, "Oh shit!" I thought it was more of that, but I do think that you have to think. You know, in the larger scope of what is going on and why and what would fail safe if he did know exactly where he was going, why would he do that? But you kind of get a little bit of the where and how, whatnot in this backup, the Toy Box Part 2 that's also written by Chip Starsky with art by Miguel Mondanka, Roman Stevens, and Clayton Coles. And it's the, you know, the deal of this weapon. Tim it is Drake tying into a toy for man. Bruce Wayne. And he ends up where he did have to kind of figure out what happened with Toyman, who that weapon was the thing that Failsafe got, and that points Toyman and seemingly committing suicide. It's weird to me, the idea, because I I need to have definitive answers about this, like Failsafe robots, whatever. If there's a bunch out there still who, I don't care about that. I definitely need explanations about this ray gun that Toyman has built because he went on a rampage a few months ago in Metropolis and he was blasting people with this ray gun. Some would get obliterated and some would turn into, you know, life-size versions of themselves as like like toys or dummies, whatever, or mannequins, whatever you want to call it. And now we're just not, we're like Tim Drake is looking at this whole thing, finding out what all the information he can. There's a multiversal residue to these mannequins that were left behind in the wake. And at the end of this rampage, it seems like Toyman Ran into some place, took a hostage, took the ray gun though, and shot himself, and then obliterated himself. So Toy Man is just gone. Like easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We don't have to deal with Toy Man no more. But now we have, you know, Tim Drake's on the case. He gets Mister Terrific, Michael Holt involved. I wish we had Wally West here. Like this is Terrific Tech during like Wally's cool. work hours. Yeah, and I would like that Also, too. he's a Flash, so multiversal stuff. But you have Mister Terrific, which is great here. Even the idea, just call me Michael. I'm like, I also like that this. Pied Piper in the background. <laughs> You know, they're, they're there getting that free lunch and then they end up going, I guess you don't need Pied Piper. He's just there for the background music and I'm dancing there. But, uh, but you get this great moment, though, of Tim Drake going through and figuring out what he needs to do instead of like almost just kind of moping around like, I know Bruce Left. He's getting shit done right away from where he left off last issue to the point where they build this multiversal kind of device, the suit that Tim Drake wears, where he can go to the residue. Like, you know, that was given off by this weapon and the suit acts as a tether so he could actually pull himself back once he finds Bruce or whatever he's looking for with this whole thing. 
But when we have this situation, and I even like the idea where he goes to talk to Bernard before he actually goes People to this mission like without and Oh, I, I, I liked like it that. a lot. You know why I liked it? I didn't, like, whatever happened, whatever. It's just that that's part of the continuity. And I think he would go. And so I don't mind it. Uh, what I did oh, the thing think is, that, like, the idea of well, he doesn't know that he's going to make it back, though. Bernard so doesn't he, he know about go. his secret life. So he has almost like one nice night before he goes off yep. on what could possibly be a suicide mission looking for his mentor. And I like the situation where they're just hanging out, like, hey, uh, smooching. I'm going to smooch and play in video smooching. games and just relax on the couch. It's a nice, like, last night for Robert here before he goes into the multiverse looking for Bruce. But by the end of the whole thing, when he goes to this world and finds a bunch of people captive in a shed, and then you just have Toy Man there with a bunch of like, yeah, it doesn't looks quite like, add up, right? Like, you know, Toy Man. He's kind got of a toy like army. Soldiers, exactly. Like, but life size toy soldiers. I need to know how the gun works so much because we have a gun that fail safe shot Bruce with. I can't say for certain that he went to this world. Why does this ray gun, when it sends people to this world, does it just send the world? Or do some people, like, you know, why, why would the gun turn some people into mannequins? I know, and that's the thing it says. Some people <laughs> turn into toy versions of themselves. Other times, it just obliterated them. I'm like, come on, we need some now, specifics that's the here. Thing is, when the people are turned into toy versions of themselves, is it toy ver- or are they duplicates and the people that's are still sent thought. to this like, other world? I thought that what would end up with the problem is maybe you're coming up with the story after the fact and there was no toy Batman. You know, that would have been, how crazy would that have been? Up there at the fortress where, oh, man, but wait a minute, it's this toy deal. You would have thought it was awesome. It's a life-size toy. Or a just Batman, the ones that you think were obliterated or sent to this other world. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's just a weird ray gun that I need to know more of. And it doesn't feel like that sort of the world that we get to at this point. It doesn't feel like the world that Bruce is stuck in, in my mind. You know, well, it's not Gotham, that's for sure. Now, yeah, so we'll have to see what that is. But I never thought that, well, first off, I like that Mr. Terrific and Tim Drake working together. You don't oh, get to see that often, so I do like that. But I never thought in my whole life that I would read a Tim Drake backup that would make me yearn to read some why is it, why is this story. Oh, well, that's the thing. Is I would, two, two things, because I'm telling you, the suit that he wears to go multiversal tripping right here, he looks like Ryan Short the Adam. It looks awesome. But and even when he tethers in, I'm like, it looks just like when he goes why down. isn't this backup the main Tim Drake Robin book? Why isn't that? Because this is amazing. Eric, you're I not love the only this. one. You're not the only one who says that. And that's the problem. And I even think that that's... I think it's Toy Man, a character, a villain that I love that you never get to see. And Tim Drake, my favorite Robin. One of my favorite characters. But you don't like the villain in the Tim Drake Robin book that I somehow... No, yeah. Didn't he name himself something else at one point? James, I think that's the other guy. It was James the Landlord. I mean, really? Uh, James. Uh, So when you end up with this, I think that when people were saying, like, oh, I didn't like that part with Bernard and Tim... You kind of have to distance yourself so from that nonsense Megan Fitzmartin deal because this makes sense and it's actually a nice moment for the two of them. And I don't think it's it's overplayed here. It's just that if you hate that, make, oh, man, because that almost it's people are taking that as legitimizing a real shitty story that she's doing. But that's just Not a really. shitty story because it's a shitty story and should end. It and sucks. really, if it does, it does. It sucks big time, Eric. And. Seriously, I think that most people would and have even said, why not let Chip Zdarsky write the Tim Drake book? Yep, Megan, Megan Fitzmartin can't write herself out of a paper bag, Eric. And it's, it's just that. That's do that. And this, well, I mean, if you're stuck in a paper bag and they say the only way you're getting out is writing, I don't know. They set it up somehow. <laughs> it's not do you me. Like That's write little cat. notes, poke a hole in the bag and throw no, it out you're, says, you're help right me? There. Yeah, exactly. You, you rip some of the paper bag, right? 
You write something, but then you realize, shit, I just made a hole in the paper bag. You just fucking walk out. Oh, shit, it's a paper bag. I don't have to worry about this nonsense. You write, help me. I'm in a paper bag, and it really soaks, is what you say. And then somebody saves your ass. I think it was an Italian hoagie, and this, and it stinks in here. Please help me. Well, what you realize then is that bag, you've actually been huffing, you know, gasoline, rag, Uh dip, and that's why you're stuck in the You can't get out of the paper bag. That's the huffing version of chasing the dragon, man. It's the I can't write myself out of the paper bag. You didn't know this? You got to get up with the times, right? You got to yeah. go and listen to Jesco, the dancing outlaw. He did a lot of huffing, almost got run over by a train. Just remember that, kids. Say no to dancing outlaw. So you end up at the end, though, where I'm in so this confused. story, we're, well, I was not confused by the end of this. No, no, by your story, not this. Oh, oh. <laughs> I knew what you said. I ended up where I want to get that connection, but. I said we have a lot, like a backup, we have a lot of issues. We have a lot of issues to go. And a backup, you only get a certain amount of things. So I think that I want that to play along. You have to have the pacing with. If you reveal too many things in the backup, that would be bullshit. I also do think that when Mr. Terrific Terrific builds this contraption, it looks like some bullshit peripheral for like the Nintendo back in the day. He's going to start dancing in there and stuff, that nonsense. You ever have that like action pad? My my buddy Herb had it. it. It kind of looked like, well, my buddy Herb was poor as well, but he seemed to have gotten a credit card under his dad's name. Your buddy Herb had every Star Wars (laughs) action figure ever made. No, that was Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. Joe, again, lived in our development, but his mom got him anything once. So there was that play. But Herb ended up getting credit cards because he had the same name as his dad. Ended up running those up illegally. So he had all a bunch of shit. See, there. that's the thing is, I had the same name as my dad. I could have done that, but he, I know for a fact that man had terrible credit. So there was no way I was getting any kind of credit I cards. Had, I, had, I had the same as my dad and my grandfather. I'm a third, by the way. Please. I have my pinky up right now. Maybe a third of their size. What I had, yeah, actually, my dad was a big man. Thank you. I am a little thinner than him. Thank you for noticing, Eric. Uh, yeah, you ended up where my dad, though, he was really, he's the cheapest man alive. I might be the second, but he was the first. So I, I could, he could sniff somebody getting near his credit. <laughs> he could sniff it just like he sniffed every sort of food item and then shoved it down his throat. I remember going down uh, one day and he was there and he was eating a combo of pig's feet, souse, and like head cheese. And I'm like, I don't even know really, what South is. It's awful, Eric. And maybe it wasn't Hoggis with it, but I'm telling you, my dad, if he was alive Hoggis. still, God rest his soul, Eric, he could have been one of those eating channels on YouTube because he would eat anything, anything, and not even eat it. He loved it. He loved it. But I actually saw a thing last night. It was, uh, I said, I was watching these videos, and one of them was what people ate during World War II. And one of the things was cow tongue. And the, in the video, they're like, they didn't just, like, make the cow tongue and eat it just like that. They kind of said, no, my dad would eat cow tongue. He'd just get that huge-ass tongue and just start cutting and eating it. Disgusting. <laughs> so disgusting. Uh, but what would you give this issue? Ultimately, I think the art is great on both ends. The whole thing about the uh, – like, I'm still going to need a lot of answers, and things are just a little up in the air from right now. But even with that, I still had a lot of fun with this issue. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go 8.3. 8.3 out of 10. I'm really enjoying it. I thought that the backup, instead of some of these bullshit backups, I'm going to back up. Like, and I see, like, Cy Spurrier nonsense, and it, it makes me have an aneurysm. This actually makes We've me, never had a bad backup in this Batman book on the Chips and Darkies run. And it's really good. And he's tying it in in a way that I can at least see how it's kind of tying in, even if it is a mystery. But it seems like 
that's the cool play of Tim Drake Detective in the backup, which we really enjoy as well. So I give it sure kudos there. But we're going to move on to a book that here we go, Aaron. People love this book, Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duel, number four. They love it. But when I hear people talk about it, a lot of times what they will say, and I don't like judging a book on this sort of thing. Like somebody saying, it's the best Titans book out there, right? You end up where people are like, oh, it man, is. but this is the best Batman book, or this is the best Joker well, book. That's tough right there, because there's a lot of Batman books. But I end up where some people were getting a little sick of Chip Zdarsky and the Bat God stuff at the point and things like that. But God, even <laughs> so, I usually go in and I, I don't care if it's better than the shitty book, right? And if you ended up saying, well, the Matthew Rosenberg Joker, the man who stopped laughing, is bullshit, so I like this one. No, no, no. I don't really like either of them, though. I think I like the Batman Joker Deadly Duel a little more than the Matthew Rosenberg thing. But this is Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duel, number four, written by Mark Silvestri, art by Mark Silvestri, Arif Priano, and Troy Petiri. I got this weird epiphany reading this uh, tonight before we started recording, where one of the funniest over-the-top bad stories is Batman Odyssey by Neil yeah. Adams. It is so batshit crazy in that. I swear to God, this is written better than that. But I started getting little visions of that book because at one point, Batman's on a train and nonsense is going on. I kind of got that vibe a little from this. And that's not a vibe you want. And what I realized in this book I don't get for any me, of those vibes here, thankfully. Yeah, well, I ended up doing a podcast on it recently. And what that is is the idea of why are we doing this and what's going on? And I kind of have that feeling in this. That's the vibe I get. Because we kind of get away, for the most part, the main story and then deal with these little situations and little things going where, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if Batman and Joker were on a train and they have to do But it's not really giving me a lot of the overall, like an overall story that I can get. Well, that's that's you know, the problem by. I have is the idea that we have this character, Sims, who's all about making this high-tech stem cell research along these lines. We get the background of what set him off on this terrible path of becoming Jigsaw. And pairing Batman and Joker together and taking these hostages and these weird Saw-esque situations where you like you make your choice, Batman, live or die. But it's mostly the idea of like other people are going to die if you don't make a choice. And this all depends on how many people are going to die. That is our entire issue. Batman and Joker on a train, pretty much playing that trolley, freaking like um, moral dilemma situation. Like, who do you save? Because either you can kill a bunch of people on this train it's during the wedding. It's choice. It's, that's exactly. what it is. Yeah. Or your train's going to run into like this uh, station and kill a bunch more people. You choose how you're going to do this. Is Batman going to be able to outthink the situation? But the problem I have, like that's, that's fine to a degree. It doesn't make the greatest story overall because the thing is, if you make it work, it's fine. I don't understand why we're doing this from what we saw and the motivation. Why, why the Sims character who has crazy stem cell things and makes zombie Joker people, would be doing this with kidnapping Gordon for Batman's side, Harley Quinn for Joker's side, to get them to work together to do this. Why he's willing to kill all of these people when his life was destroyed by what he believes to be the GCPD, Batman and the Joker. Why is he becoming worse than them and destroying people's lives? It just seems like weird and over-the-top and forced. Yeah, it does feel over-the-top. And I started trying to, you know, or navigate this whole deal I'm like okay so he's mad at Gordon Because he thinks Gordon did this But we see that he didn't You know Gordon was trying to get everybody Everybody pull back pull back But maybe it's Not like, today Gordon It almost goes down the line Like I, I think that Sims at the end He's going to have to really explain things He's like well I'm mad 
about Batman because he didn't stop the Joker, who didn't stop this, who went and did this, that didn't get stopped by Gordon because Gordon let this guy do that and that. It starts to get a bit convoluted. And like you said, by the end, all of a sudden you're then digging up what might be finding out that the daughter is now the zombie apocalypse is going. It, it gets a little convoluted with that. Even so, you end up well, the having what I be a big reveal. Well, I think that she's resurrected. You end up with this stem cell research, which made me laugh. The idea that they're trying to figure out what's going on. And at one point they're like, get this. This whole stem cell research the Sims was doing, it ended up curing the cancer. But then it ended up regenerating dead tissue and really healing everybody. Oh, my God, the, the nerve of him. I thought I'm sitting there reading like, what's the bad thing about this? It's almost like it makes everybody the fountain of youth in their back. But I think no, the, no, no, no. the dead cells that the it thing ends is, up regenerating. His, and his I, stem cell research turned out to be the G-virus that William Burke had had in, in Resident Evil 2, which just turns you into a monster that is, man that and is keeps regenerating. the next way, right? That is stepping the deal. But also... When you end up saying this, and, and this is a seven issue, we're at the, you know, issue four. But really, it, don't tell me that this doesn't ruin the idea. Oh, my God, Gordon, you're, oh, well, we'll just give you this deal and your finger will grow back. No, your no, no, the grow thing back. Is, these things seem to be wrong, though. I, I don't think he's perfected the stem cell research because it's all monster men. But we don't know. He's been doing some stuff in these monster men. That's kind of a side. That might be his army or whatever. But at one point. Batman just says it ended up regenerating dead tissue and getting rid of other diseases and organ problems. And, oh, my God, the nerve of him. Next thing you have is a giant eyeball growing out of your shoulder. Yeah, but they kind of got away. Like, the idea, it's not like Batman then says, oh, man, but it went wrong. Like, you, you almost get away from that idea of the teeth turning into things and shit. I don't know. But you end up where it all gets kind of pushed aside for the most part to just have this Sophie's choice. Of Amanda Sims, though, the, the, like, the main villain's daughter, who we were at the grave at last issue, and like Batman was being trying to be nonchalant about it, but failing miserably, like, hey, so about that research there, and then went and stole his research, so obviously like uh, Sims knows that Bruce Wayne is working with the Batman and all this, but we know that like there's a grave site, and then by the end of this issue, Batman goes and digs up, and it seems like we don't get to see it, but it seems like the grave is empty. We don't know. Like, I jumped to the conclusion that she died of cancer because the stem cell research wasn't like, cause that's what I disassociate. Maybe stem she cells, killed like, herself like, now. Is like, that because possible? In, well, in the background, he, like in the background that we see for the flashback, she's fine. During her wedding, the Joker and Harley, like, you know, came in there, took hostage because the GCPD and Batman were at them. He shot, like the Joker shot her fiance, her husband to bay, and then blew out Dr. Sims' eye. And like, you know, that was the thing. She seemed fine. So like when, like we see her grave, you know, I don't know if she actually ever died. Yeah, I don't know no, if she actually I ever died know. or anything like that. Did she fake her death? Is she a test subject? I don't know because we weren't given any background. I think she committed suicide. We don't know. And the, the funny part is... But she's though, not is, in the grave. No, as and as, as we you're know. doing this, yeah, it kind of seems that's the play. But as you're going through this and Batman is trying to get some things, you did have Selena and Dick Grayson going and finding out some Sims info. That's what they get. But I like what Batman's like. Looks like I'm going to a grave and digging up things. I'm like, Who's this dude that you got? Like the idea that he's not even digging That's up Henry, the grave of the cemetery caretaker. You do the digging, Henry. I love the idea of this guy's. This is not what I signed up for. I like when he says, "I want to get the fuck out of here. I want to go home, Batman." It felt weird where Batman crossed on. Now dig, dig up, dig up the grave. That's what you paid for. Just felt weird. Like that weird meme was like, 
I, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Shut up. Keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, but it is, you know, the uh, the idea of this play of, okay, this train, it's heading. It, it almost, it's like a physics problem. It, it yeah. started making me giggle. But, hey, the train has to get this, you know, bit. But at the, end, I'm like, at the end, I'm like, what are you getting from this? What is Sims? Because you end up where he has to deal with the Joker, and he doesn't want the Joker to kill anybody, but the Joker does anyway, which pisses Batman off, and it saves the day. What, what are we dealing with here? And he's burning this thing, and it ends up being very personal to him. Is that what was that? Like? Because that is the train, the bullet train. Uh, back in the day, it, it beat, beat the world speed record, and still holds it, Eric, for, Yes, there's no other steam trains around. It's bullshit. But he ends up where his parents ended up each year. They get on this train. And his father reproposed to his mother every year. His dad needs to grow a pair of balls. I'm telling you, Thomas Wayne each year. Every, every, Thomas Wayne. Is he does something nice for his wife? No, I'm telling you. I'll do that whole life? deal. He's cheating. He's being mean. What? Maybe getting a little backhands going. And then he knows. Huh? It'll We're all talking be- about Thomas Wayne. That's yeah, your I know. Oh, I'm going with the Tom King version. And he ends uh, up where he's like, oh, shit, do I, I done messed up again. Looks like it's train time. <laughs> he, does, he does it each year just to end up on good graces so he could be a piece of shit the rest of the year again. But, yeah, you end up where it, even that was such an aside. Batman's there and he's like, man, I'm burning this shit down. Everybody rip the things apart and throw it out the window. Oh, my God. And then all of a sudden he stops. You know what? My mom and dad used to come in this train. I'm like, just stop it. You, you got to do something here. Well, isn't the the like the terminal they're going to crash into? Even the Martha Wayne like train stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's Martha Wayne. I'm surprised they're not like, oh my god! You mean the Martha Wayne stuff that goes directly into the children's hospital that is oh, now no. more crowded than it's ever been? The Thomas oh, Wayne no. Children's Hospital. <laughs> yeah, it goes right in there. Oh no! What will we do? Uh, but in it, I don't know. I just never. And also, there's a there's a wedding going on in the train as well. I mean, how many? Other things can you go uh, with that? Also, it went and it goes right into the, you know, the SPCA, Eric, and all those animals oh, and rescue puppies. animals. You, you didn't realize this. They're actually doing that as well. But yeah, there's Joker and he's going to end up. And he says at the beginning, we got a bunch of fatsies here. We got fatsies. 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 We got some fatsies. Let's throw the fatsies out. I looked through the crowd. Not a lot of fatsies. I, I didn't see them, but they're probably at the buffet with me. So I'm out. They're throwing me out. But Joker ends up doing that at the end. I do like the We have to make where- sure this train, the whole idea is we have to make sure that the train is under a certain weight that Dr. Sims wants it to be before it gets to this point where it cra- like it changes tracks and crashes into this thing. So the idea that Batman wants to do is you know, throw everything off that you ha- can within the train. And then at one point, he starts setting it on fire to try to burn the train away because you can't uncouple anything because it's against the rules. But ultimately... They come in underweight, and everybody is saved because, well, not everybody, because the Joker says, hey, look, we wasn't going to make it. I threw a bunch of people, was it like a 12 or a half a dozen out? So a bunch of people did die because the Joker killed them on this runaway train, never coming back now. Yeah, and with that, you end up having in that earpiece and, you know, giving the directions and things like that, going through and says if you want, never ever ends up saying of trying to get a hold of somebody to get people out of that stupid Martha Wayne station. Like, maybe that would have been the play. You just can't uncouple the train. And uh, it's funny. It's like, you can't if you uncouple the train, then I'll just kill everybody in the train. So he sets it on fire, but that, it didn't really play out as like, this isn't the bat god. This, this, this Batman is a little behind. 
And if he's a little one step behind here. Well, but yes, he's forced to work with the Joker. That's just c- c- causing chaos in his and life. And really, at the end, Batman's like, what? What did you do? You ended up killing people? And wink, wink, gives him the thumbs up. Like, that's my boy there. You you do shit I can't do. But no. yeah, I'm, what, what, again, I'm I'm always looking for, like, what is the angle? Not even of Sims, but Mark Silvestri writing this. What does this show us? What? Yes, he's just having some fun, and it looks good. I, I actually am enjoying the art oh, no, more and great. more as it goes on. It's just I even said to people in the Slack, I'm more about the story than the art. I, I never would sit there and say, "Well, this is worth getting because the art is so great." While well, the story, we had this with the Spawn Batman deal, right? We already even said that then. The story is way more compelling than the Spawn well, it Batman. Is, but I'm fact, saying well, I'm not ever going to say like, okay, the story really isn't doing much. But man, you got to see the art. That's not worth buying something in my mind. But some people are different. But at the end, you get, oh no, we got an eyeball. Well, that was the thing about it, the idea that GCPD gets another like uh, thing sent to them where Harvey Bork is sitting there. So it looks like you know Doctor Sims or who we believe to be Doctor Sims is the big bad has removed the eyeball of Jim Gordon. Like he's removed a bunch of things so far, and that was the biggest problem with last issue for me is that. We had this hostage situation, this kidnapping of Jim Gordon and Harley Quinn. We didn't get any of that last issue. Here we at least see Harley at the beginning of this, and we have Jim Gordon getting pieces of him cut out by the end of this issue, which I actually think elevates this issue on top, even though I think that the whole majority of the thing with the, the, the issue, I just don't want to say issue anymore, but with the train and the, the moral conundrums, what are you going to do, Batman, to save the day, and are you going to cross the line on the Joker, this, that, and the other I just don't understand the motivation of why he would do this based on what happened to him. Is it just one bad day where he just says, fuck, I'm going to kill everybody because I had one bad day. My daughter's dead. I don't know, but I just didn't find it as compelling because it's a lot of Batman throwing shit out on a train and then Joker ultimately to save the day by killing people. But I still like this issue overall. And I'm actually coming aboard a little bit with this Batman and Joker deadly duo. I still don't think it's the greatest thing coming out of DC Comics right now. No, I, I think, again, by the end, I think that his research now, when you said it, it makes all this. He he gave up that research at that point where his daughter died. He said, "I just he think said. that now that Batman has the research now. It's in the you know in the cave. They're, they're going to perfect it because even Bruce said to Sims at one point, you could have continued on. You could have saved the world. I just think at this point, Batman continues it. That's how you'll get the you know the eyes and the fingers and shit. And that's back how we resurrect the waves. And then at the end, you end up where no, because dead is better, Eric, which we'll probably find out very soon." I think that at the end, the big dig is like, man, Mr. Wayne, how did you get this research? How, uh, I made it all myself. <laughs> I'm taking full credit. I think that actually at the end, it'll be the Sims deal. And you're supposed to feel bad for him because he ended up losing his mind when his daughter died. But no, I would have felt safe. bad for him until he started doing I know. super villain shit. No, you know, no, super villain shit. Jigsaw one shit. Day, Serial killer Jigsaw. shit. There you go. He's much to plays the games, Eric. He's... He, he He's should got play his one chess. eye on the prize. He should play chess. That's what he should do, right? And then that's the thing too. If you, did, buddy, if you continued your research, you might have gotten your eye back. You wouldn't look like a cyborg. Well, hindsight's twenty. <laughs> oh, you son of a gun! Oh, what would you give this? Air? All the way I'm saying, I still had fun with this issue. I think the art's great. A lot of the motivation's not there for me yet, and I found a lot of it just to be a little bit tedious. With like, you know, just the. Like I keep saying it every issue, just the jigsaw-esque nature of everything is just a little tedious for what we're doing. So I'm giving it a 7.8 out of 10. I'm going 7. I'm 7 out of 10. I, I don't hate it. It's just one of those where I don't think it's as good as and some I do want to find out what happened to the put daughter. it on this you know, pedestal because they end up saying, well, it's better than this or better than that. I think that as standing on its own, I think that the story, well, I'm interested to see what happens. 
it kind of veers away from itself a lot. It is a bit of an odd pacing and how this whole deal with the jigsaw aspect is not really my thing either. So it might be personal, right? Personal, Eric, but we'll get into the next book, which is definitely (laughs) personal for me, right? Vendetta, you tell me, but what are we talking about? The Joker, the man who stops smiling so much. Number five, written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Carmine D.G. Domenico, Rami Fajardo Jr., Tom Napolitano, and Francisco Francavilla. And in this issue, we continue the mystery about who our faux Joker is as he tries to get to the bottom of what's going on in Gotham with the idea of two Jokers as well as Red Hood continuing to figure out what's going on. But the problem with that is we have a Red Hood story, which I enjoy Red Hood stories, but every time anybody yeah. wants to do a Red Hood story, it's like, well, I got to get back to doing the thing where I'm going to kill the Joker for what he did to me. And it's just becomes so tedious because ultimately what we have with this idea is what we exactly saw in this issue. What we saw in the three Jokers and when the Jason killed the clown. So here we have the two Jokers. He killed the clown Joker and the three Jokers. Yeah. Here he kills the one Joker. But it's not the Joker. It's the Clayface. It isn't the Joker persona. It's just I, I, I want to love the series because I want to get to the bottom of what the well, mystery you're huge, is. You're a huge Red Hood fan. Yeah, so you want to get more of that. But not this Red Hood not anymore. This Red Hood. He I, hasn't. He hasn't progressed anything from what we're dealing with no. now. Yes, he's hanging out with Stephanie Brown, but we're just back to the point. Like, well, you can't go and kill the Joker because then you're going to be out of the Bat Family. I'm like, oh, here we is go he again. Anymore? I'm just like, this is we yeah. just keep doing in every story that we tell with the character. And at this point, I'm like, can he just join the Outsiders? Go I mean, there and seriously. do some fun shit because I'm tired of this story over and over yeah. again. Jason has to be sitting there and just like, what, what do I have to do? Who do I have to pay here? You know, who do I have to souk to, to actually have a story that actually progresses me to a point where I'm a good character? And and I'm not saying he's a bad character that way. I'm saying in the universe of just, be, oh, my God, that this is what ends up where we really gave Joshua Williamson a lot of props for, for elevating Damien a bit and, and not taking Definitely. him as the cliche or trope and actually dealing with some things and making the character a better character. This ends up where Jason, it is the whole MC scat cat with Jason. You will have things like, you know, kind of the Chip Zdarsky Red Hood story that started Urban Legends. You're like, okay, this is getting a little somewhere. And then you end up having this bullshit where I think that where Matthew Rosenberg, obviously, it's called the joke of the man who stopped laughing. But what it is is, you know, Red Hood, the man who can't progress. And I'm going to get character assassination, too, because when you end up in this issue, Having him, I don't give a rat's ass, Eric. At the end, that you go, oh, oh, Jason didn't kill anybody. It was Clayface. His intention was to kill to. somebody. That's all. I. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. He don't give me this did. bullshit. Yeah, don't give me bullshit. Two issues later, I'll uh, like a Tom King and say, oh no, 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 he he saw that it was Clayface. He because he's still shooting Clayface. You know what I mean? I t- he's still the doing nonsense. The weirdest part about this too is, well, I want to get to the mystery of who our faux Joker is and how this is a thing that's I actually going on. I don't even know if on. I want even that anymore. I'm but so off of this. This issue, along with the weird ass backups that I hate in this series, but this main story and the backup, it actually just reminds me of what we've been getting in the Harley Quinn HBO animated series because okay. you have the, the Joker, the faux Joker, show up in a Batman esque looking costume to take on the Mad Hatter. Who has a bunch of kids that, like, you know, went into his, like, you know, hiding spot, like, unbeknownst to them. And now he's going to do creepy-ass Mad Hatter stuff to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had that in that as well. And even when you get to the back of the idea of this gigantic, and, like, the Joker changing himself to become gigantic as well through a magical spell from Etrigan, that just happened in the Valentine's Day special with Bane and really? Etrigan. And I'm like, really? it, like, it feels so, like, I was just catching up on the series last night, so when I read this today, I'm like, how the fuck is this the same goddamn thing? Mm. 
Well, Matthew Rosenberg, he, he thinks he's a funny guy here. And at one point when you have Etrigan, you're going to have kind of the rhyming and scheming, but it's going to be that play where you're going to rhyme something with the C word. But then don't say the C word. Please stop. Stop this nonsense. Remember, he ended up saying these backups are, hey, they're Silver Age homages to show you why there'd be multiple Jokers in the universe. The cash I'm like, really? Sounds- these are just bullshit. I, do I have that? I do. I, Insert I, to sound. Uh, yeah, I'd like to also say. Fuck you, chicken. Because this is bullshit. And if you are a Red Hood fan, I, I don't know how you can enjoy this. And it just ends up like, where is he ended up? He wrote the Task Force Z. So you end up thinking, OK, this is going to be a smart play from there. He did some of the Joker stuff. So you get to this book and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Even the overall mystery of it, while you say that you're interested in it, I don't even know what is really going on right now with that because it's just progressing in this weird convoluted way that I don't know that I really care anymore who and what is the real Joker. Just stop it. But again, this it's a weird book because it always feels like it's a mini series, but it's an ongoing and it is selling For well. And, and that whole Joker, well, everything's an ongoing till it gets canceled. That Joker baby nonsense, which I could have used that for the song at the beginning, Eric. But yeah. the Joker baby stuff that he the ended up baby. doing, all that is going to end up doing is upping sales, but not in the positive. Like it's not because it was well done; it's because oh my god, it's a spectacle, and I have to see what everybody was yelling about, and that's probably going to push this on a little bit more as well. But I can't see how anybody can sit there. I see reviews that they're giving great scores, and the scores end up in the blurb saying. This is awesome. This is everything you want. But I better get some progression of the story because I don't know what's going on. I'm like, what what are you talking about with this? And that's what infuriates me the most with it. Not only just that the story better start soon, but I don't even know where we're starting from now and what is going on except that, hey, the Joker sent some people and paid some people to take care of this fake Joker, but the fake Joker thinks he's the real Joker. So he got this. The Seems like it's just going to go series. back to the client, the, the whole idea of the uh, clones that we ended up right, having in the, the network series. Yeah, so the network. So if we're going to do that. Let's get to that. That that does not sense. Well, so, uh, I need I need to figure out how that works out too. And the idea that the Joker had this guy held captive and with a paper bag over his head, shot him in the head. Did he know about this? What was the whole like lead up to that situation where we had an issue number one? For now, he doesn't know who he is. Had to have brain surgery and is now trying to hunt down the Joker. Because right now, this is the best part about this issue so far is that you have Jason Todd trying to hunt down the Joker while the Joker, the faux Joker, is trying to hunt down the Joker because it's just a cool like uh, parallel that they're both taking to figure out what's actually going on. While the, ch- yeah. the worst part is Jason, though, just wanting to kill the Joker again, and it just doesn't really yeah. do anything. The coolest part about Jason here, even though I do think it's a little over the top brutal, is when he is trying to get information. Joker does the same thing to Mad Hatter where he's brutal as hell and takes a bat to Mad Hatter, but who cares about the Mad Hatter because he might be diddling children. So let's beat him in the head with a yeah, bat. Yeah, I mean, That's and, and it's the Joker. So you're yeah. like, okay, but I get it. I like this part with uh, Jerry Walker here, the killer moth, because Jason's getting a little brutal kind of trying to figure out what's going on with the Joker. The Joker has tried to bring people in because he's still off doing, you know, national stuff with the, whatever he's doing. And he's hired people within Gotham to get to the bottom of who this fake is. Killer Moth does not want to deal with the clown, and he's trying to tell Jason this, but Jason's being a little brutal, and I really hope that this gives like almost Killer Moth that one bad day situation wow. where he ups his game. Now he just hates everybody and wants revenge. It almost comes to the point where we had with the Underworld relationship where he sold his soul to Neuron to get yeah. like all this power and became a moth monster. But I need something along the lines where 
two a month is kind of ups the ante, and I can see this being the stepping point to that just because how over the top that's and fine. But to him. The weird play I have, and I think that what what you have Matthew Rosenberg doing, and and again when you have a story and the big reveal is, oh my god. Somebody didn't die. It was Clayface, please. I mean, that's sixth grade writing. It really is. And that is nonsense. But when you have this, it's almost this play that I think he's trying to do the ultra violence and the singing in the rain type deal where he's telling jokes while everybody in the book is over the top violent. But with Jason, this this is a character that I want to love and I do love. You like him more than me. But this is a Robin. This is Red Hood that we want desperately to be more accepted or do his thing i don't need him to have dollar bills y'all and end up through a knife through killer moth's hand that that isn't a jason todd this is and then goes and starts bitching and moaning to stephanie about how he's not a kid well of course you're not accepted because you're an asshole that's and that is the thing it's beyond being a over the top but he's being a dick and i don't like that not a dick grayson though <laughs> which might be better but he's just being a full-out unlikable asshole and i don't even get the point because of how convoluted the story has gotten i don't even get that he's at his wits end or he needs to find this or it just ends up with scenes happening like that it's just while, he's de-evolved for this while, story yeah, and he has de-evolved and it comes out of the test for see where he did have problems with the but even that play when he went and he duped the bat family that's kind of you know the reference of how this gets yeah. in right so with that but that was still kind of a playful deal and that was still almost like well, you have to trust me because I'm doing this and Batman well, that's the thing, did whatever. In that but thing, Jason was on the up and up for the most part. Yes, he wanted to murder Bane for killing Alfred and stuff like that. He thought he did, but it was still a zombie Bane who he thought was already dead. You, like in that, I could see actually not crossing the line as much as this because he knew what he was no, doing I before didn't think that, that with either. a zombie Bane. This he believes that he was blowing the Joker's face off, and like you know, that's like he meant to do that. It's just that in, in that story of Task Force, Jason was on the up and up. He believed what he was doing was correct. And like he needed the Bat family staff because they couldn't understand. He couldn't explain to them exactly what he was doing with the Lazarus. So yes, he went about it the it wrong got a way. Little wacky Todd, by like, the end, right? This is, right? It, it always gets a bit wacky. Yeah, task I know. Forcey, but I know. I can understand that where Jason was coming from because he had only good intentions without the murder aspect. Yeah, yeah. And so when and how I took it, same way. But where I would kind of you know talk it through is the idea where Jason in that it's not the. I'm going to do this because I'm the only one who will stab Killer Moth. It was, I'm going to do this because I don't want you to suffer doing it. I, I'm going to do it because who cares about me? I'm going to go undercover at Lazarus. I'm going to do the right thing and think I'm doing the right thing, but I'm also going to do it so you guys don't have this. In this, it's, again, back to that de-evolved trope of, I got to do this because I'm the only one violent enough and I'm the violent. And, and it just feels it feels like somebody writing Jason Todd that suddenly has forgotten everything about the character and doesn't want to progress the character. Once, Why are you de-evolving the character, especially in a dawn of DC? You end up having does Matthew Rosenberg and whoever's editing this bullshit book. Do they not realize that people are kind of done with this over the top violent, you know, deconstruction bullshit? That they want to have something where people could get if you have a Jason Todd book out of this that oh my god, people would be so happy, like finally some like it will end up happening, and whoever does it will get the finally somebody's doing something good in the last twenty years with Jason Todd. And and I want that. I don't want this crap. And I'm telling you, 
the killer mod stuff is what really threw me off because he was well, just. The thing is, I'm not saying that Jason is the best part of that. I just want, like, for some reason, I sat there and dated you. No, you're about, going the what op- can killer opposite way of killer mod. Come after this because what could this elevate him to be and not just a joke anymore? And the funny thing is, it does feel like you're trying to play that angle. Like, you're trying to make Jason so crazy that you end up where Killer Moth gets mad, and he probably will do something from this. Poor juries. Like, listen, I don't want to deal with with the Joker. Please, just stop it. I'm going to have a few drinks of my nice shirt, try to pick up some babes. You're you're sitting there at the bar. First off, Jason, loud as hell, is like, you're in this piece of shit bar. Whoa, whoa there, pal. You're cut off, buddy. He goes in, speaking of cut off, (laughs) he goes in (laughs) and slashes Killer Moth who seemingly doesn't feel because he's probably on the PCP, Eric, right? He ends up cutting him so that he ha- – like, why? Why are you that over the top with this when you just went, hey, give me some info, you know? And usually you just beat up a guy. You, know, you don't have to now slice him in this, this, though? At the end, you I, put I like, the dollar bills, y'all, right through his hand. It's not great because I, Jason's just a little bit over the top for what he should be at this point in time, in my opinion at least. When you have the, the faux joker – who's being led into a trap by what we believe to be the real Joker. And this whole thing goes into an abandoned warehouse as occasion that like comes around him. But this, this standoff between what we believe to be the faux Joker and the real Joker, I actually really enjoy because it's so over the top crazy where the Joker has a gun I think it to went this too guy's long face. a little, but I did like the kind of But the moment. idea that they're both so over the top chaotic crazy that this entire time Joker knew, the faux Joker knew it was a trap. He set everything on fire on his way in. So now they're strapped in a burning building. He squirts acid in what he believes to be the real Joker's face to the point where he falls out of a window that was barricaded. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. He gets out of the cage. And it is so funny to me, just the showdown they have. It sucks that it turns out to be Clayface by the end and not the actual Joker, but I just love this crazy interaction between these two because I would never have guessed what the hell to expect out of it. I just, I, I, I mean, you see him locking the door, which I thought that was kind of weird that they let him come in. They, he locks the door with all the, you know, the, the wire and the whatever chain it looks like. Chains and, whatnot, and padlock. As he locks it. But again, you kind of reveal that he comes in, he, he's in that deal, but he has thought ahead. But I'm like, well, you are doing this. And again, this is a nitpick, but you have a plastic squirt gun that has acid and it's going to end up melting metal. I don't quite get what's going on with your physics and shit in this, but it's just for fun. But still, it seemed a little odd. And they even, what do you do with your plastic squirt gun? What are you going to do? I'm like, this is not fucking melt. But oh, there's some acids that plastic can hold. Who the fuck cares? The other guy's the, the fucking clay face and he gets shot. I just. What is going on? Yeah, we don't know, but it ends up being there as a, you know, Davis Megan to get out of the cage anyway because he set the whole place on fire. It was fun to do that, but the overall book, what, what is it doing and where is it going? And I, I just, at one point, it looked like Joker was all over the country and he was sending all these things and he was going to do this in Hollywood. Now he's back without ever having anything with that. Well, and he's not back. already. Well, he's going to be at the end. He's like, I guess I got to take care of this myself. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, what the fuck have we got? I got to get out of my banana hammock and go back to Gotham to take care of five business. issues. And all that this Joker did was just go up to the West Coast and take my ties from this gimp clown. And now he's going to come back because if he got to do something, let's go off. And yeah, you end up. I'm like, what, what, what have you been doing? five issues in and we really don't have much of a story going on well, we here. know if by the end of this that joker is still alive clayface was impersonated and there's a bunch of people who are villains in gotham being paid by the joker to take out this faux joker now the real joker is coming back to take care of business himself well i have to expect other people are going to try to claim a bounty still before he gets there and by the end of this because of shooting that gun off and you know just in general being in the red hood 
he's arrested by the police. And and in that, I also laugh because remember when when Clayface died the last time, he did get snipered right in the head. So this ends up with, but he shifted the brains to the side. It's, it's just nobody cares no, about that, Clayface afterwards. That was a afterwards. special bullet. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, though? But when you have this stuff happen with Clayface, nobody ever, ever questions or cares for Clayface. It's, oh, shit. It was Clayface. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with Clayface? But he went off. Oh my but nobody, god! But nobody here knows that. Like you know, Jason doesn't even know that he shot Clayface by the end of this because the body's just gone. A bunch of wet clay's left behind. The police might suspect something. Hopefully by the end. But ultimately, Jason's going to jail, thinking that he fulfilled his life's mission of killing the Joker, even though he didn't. And speaking of which, then the fake Joker looks like he gets run over by a train. So who knows what's going on? <laughs> what is this guy coming back for? Uh but yeah, Jason Todd is going to jail. Whoop you do. Uh but yeah, it's it's just nothing that I care about i think that it's a poorly written book that is meandering in a way that's not only meandering but it's convolutedly confusing and then we have a backup that's just bullshit yeah the backup is the worst part of this book i i ended up i got a, a couple giggles just the idea of when you know some of the talk between how they're playing this and how the joker ends up where he's gonna end up using a spell etrigan ends up hey look over there like he's behind him and turns the page it's just nonsense so and then on his date or trying to get a date with I gotta Giganta, get the love of Giganta. He ends up having Joker pimples that end up just reminding me of those awful stories where you got you you pop a pimple and spiders come out. That's what it reminded me of, Eric. Those things always weird me out. And then in the end, Giganta goes off to, you know, knock boots with Etrigan. She likes the rappers, Eric. I yeah. wonder I wish Etrigan, if I made Etrigan right now. I would make them in the now like they like at the rec center. He'd be a mumble rapper. Nobody would know what the fuck he's saying. Maybe he'd be over. Hey, Etrigan, what's going on? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Wouldn't that be cooler? He'd be like no. the Post Malones. That's we we not what saw you want? the freaking rapping Etrigan in that one. Like, oh, my God. When he, came in, but he, he was full out like 80s, mid 80s. And that's my, you know, rap. And I didn't even like that. I need the mumble rap. He's like, <laughs> That's my mom. backup's right. nonsense. You like that? Eric? Is, Give me a beat. No. Bam, bam. I'm not giving you a beat. Bam, 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 bam. That's what I get. Yeah, the best. That's the main podcast. We don't ever, yeah, really. We don't ever really look at the backup as anything anyway. We've already kind of written that off. So the uh, it's part. the main story. It's the main story yeah. that I go with my, like, again, I said, if something's good enough to elevate a book like the Chip Zdarsky backup in Batman, I will certainly give it that those props. And at least that flows into the actual story and does something. Is it this like is just... my flow of my mumble rap? And they say that, the flow. Uh, that's what the kids say. That's my mumble But they, they said that for like 30 years. <laughs> I know. Eric, I, I'm like ancient. I, I end up where I, I had uh, relatives they were there at the I, I I was just gonna make up some really awful jokes, so I will stop there. I'll get back to the mumble rap. What are you gonna give this? What are you gonna give this? Well, you gonna give honestly, this? I think the besides for the back, like the fact that the arts five for what is in the back of the story's nonsense, but for the main story, I do enjoy the art in this a lot. And like the idea of the confrontation between the faux joker and the real joker, even though it's a clay face joker. I had a lot of fun with that. It's just the de-evolution of Jason Todd and everything he's doing here really brings down what I was enjoying from this book because the hunt for Joker is one thing. Just I was fine with that because I could see Jason Todd doing that just to take them down, but just taking it back and making it ultimately the three Jokers with just the two Jokers, it is a really lackluster way to tell the story. And ultimately, it's going to make me say it's a 7 out of 10, I think. Fuck you, chicken I'm giving shit. it a fuck you 5, and I think it's one of the worst books written at DC right now, along with the Tim Drake-Robin deal. That's nonsense, too, but I think that this book is going nowhere. 
it is trying to get that Joker name as its selling point, which it is. It actually is selling better than I, I would have ever imagined. But I think that this is a bullshit story going nowhere slow. And I'm not interested in it. I, I'm not in, I think we're already overexposed with the Joker. And then you get this fucking bullshit. I don't need it. I think that it's awful. I didn't like him beating the crap out of the Mad Hatter. Yeah, again, though, it's one of those where when I have to read it, I just groan like right over, like I, I don't like this book. I'm not interested. I just when I'm done with this, it's out of sight, out of mind because I don't like it that much. But you like it a little more than me, and I know that some people are buying it because it is selling well. I do think that those sales. I just wish Jason Todd was a stronger character, not who he was 20 years ago. It's funny because I don't really like the story at all. And then the Jason Todd is the shit cherry on top that I sit there and like, that makes it even worse. And fuck you. Fuck you and your chicken strips. I I fucking I do not like Matthew Rosenberg. I'm not even talking about the writing. (laughs) But I, I hate his writing. I can't stand it. Every book that we have done, at least at DC, starts out strong enough. And then falls off a fucking cliff at issue five or six. This one, I never started, so I really am worried. I am worried that this, again, though, just as the last thing, uh, you end up where you're not telling the story. And then you add in Clayface shit. You end up adding Killer Frost stuff. Then you add up Mad Hatter for no reason. And so it's, again, it's it's getting convoluted. You're ending up not Killer telling the stuff. story. No, uh, Mad Hatter, I mean, if I say oh. Killer Frost. The Mad Hatter, there's no real, ri- the Mad Hatter stuff is just to say, you diddle kids, and I'm going to beat you up. It really didn't have well, much no, it was, to do with It was with a way deal. for the faux Joker to find out like information about the real Joker in town well, because the real the Joker information paid the Mad Hatter off to give it to him getting paid. lead him to a trap. Yeah. But again, you could have done anything with that. It's it's not that's like two inches of a story. Just this bullshit. This story sucks, and I, I, I have lost all respect for you. Eric, for liking it. And anybody who gets a hold of me, I've lost respect for every fan of this book now. I'm, I'm putting my foot down here. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I just, I really am getting real sick of Matthew Rosenberg and his nonsense storytelling. Even the the end of the DC versus vampires, bullshit, Eric. It ended up bullshit ending. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be proven You're wrong. Right. I'm not going to be. I am right. This is not a vendetta. This is straight up facts, Eric. And right now, just imagine that gif where the person's pointing up at me from below, saying this. <laughs> That, that is uh, right in my mind there, Eric. But we're going to go off now. Speaking of crazy this, we're going to go off to some mail. We have a bunch of mail this week. Uh, some of this stuff from the past couple of weeks. We don't read the mail on the Patreon-only show and stuff like that. So we'll get on with the mail right after this. Like 
for the mail eric and if everybody listening wants to get involved in the mail section be a star of the show just like eric shea Sook, miss miss Sook here uh you can end up mailing us at weird science dc at gmail.com just like a bunch of people and we're going to start with luis who is mad at me because we oh, haven't no. done a, a question of the week in quite some time and calls me out on it hello jim and eric and the best crew on the side of the multiverse the Get Fresh crew. What's up, you know what time it is. Question of the week. But before I get to it, I'm a little behind on the podcast. But I know I sent out a lot of questions. And the last two podcasts, I didn't hear any of them. What's going on, Jim? You don't love my questions anymore? Just, you know, disorganized. I haven't had that 10,000 hours yet, Eric, is what ends up what I'm going to blame on that. I ended up where we were going around and like, okay, we'll do this one this time and going, and then I completely lost track of what we've done, and I'm a lazy man. But we haven't had a lot of mail in the last couple weeks on the podcast. We ended up at one point, we had Jess's birthday, so we had to get done that in a weird, quick way. And then we ended up having a Patreon only, which we do not have the mail on, because we want the mail to the masses. Eric, but he says, anyway, question of the week. You're at a garage sale, and you find a chair so you sit on it. I wouldn't sit on it. I'd be scratching for the, like the rest of the week. No, you're afraid your big ass would break it, and you'd have to. That's pay for possibly, it. and I don't need the "you break it, you buy it" policies yeah. that they usually do have at the yard sale. That's why I wouldn't sit in it. <laughs> it. Would it be funny if I sat on the chair and afterwards the chair gets itchy and it starts scratching because I'm dirty here? Uh, it says you check it out. You want to buy it? Uh, it, uncomfortable. You, you're checking out the chair, but you find out it's the Mobius chair. Oh, so you can ask it three questions. What are you dying to know the truth about Eric? What What would you want to know? You, you could uh, go three, or we could combine to make three. No, I'm saying like the idea that I would want to know any like the idea that anything you want to know is right there, but only three is a problem because I think it would just boil down to is there life after death? Have aliens visited Earth? Are UFOs real? And I think I would like to know, is there any specific point in my life where I could have done something to make myself super successful and I just didn't go down that path? That'd be funny. It's like, really, we're, we're not here to give you life lessons. The Mobius chair, it's like, time What's out What's the idea here. of, like, you always have choices. You could do this one thing, you do this other thing, and then, like, your life takes a completely different path because, let's say, maybe you dated a girl or, or like, uh, your parents broke up or... Just something along the lines where, like, if something small would have like kept going, or you changed something very like small, would your life drastically change? I want to know. For some reason, while the Mobius chair doesn't play this game, somehow there's a monkey paw, and I'm going to end up. My glasses are broken. I can't read books. There, you end up where I think you're like, is there something that I ended up, you know, doing different? And I could have been great. And it says yes. And then it laughs at you, Eric, and walks away. There goes the Mobius chair. chair. What a check. I'm asking. 
you know what the Joker's name is, right? I'm, I'm Jack Oswald White. I I would end up being some asshole. I'd be like Homer. I'd be like, really? Three questions? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> By the end, I'd have nothing. I, I might ask. Actually, it's funny you said the idea of is there life after death, and Still that is something question. that a lot of people would ask. But for some reason, the only thing that I could think of was the UFOs and aliens and stuff like that. Uh, especially now that. It seems like they were the shooting down the aliens the past couple of days, right? Shooting yeah. down the aliens and stuff like that. That freaked me out. Uh, also, I would probably say, did like, like, did you just look at the headline or just read the article? No, I, I looked at. They said there was some cylinder-looking deal, and they shot it down, and people were yelling and screaming and running around. Right? That's what I yeah, saw. Yeah, you know. That ended up. I clicked on that. That ended up taking no, me to that? a really graphic video of a drive-by shooting that that is. Actually Jesus haunting Christ. me as I'm talking right now, Eric. And I mean haunting because I would ask, is there ghosts of drive-by shooting videos? I'd ask the Mobius care, and it would end up that's Are almost giving up the binary. That's like binary code. Drive-by shooting videos. Yeah, you would end up having the Mobius chair has no idea what I'm talking about, but it has to answer me. That's the only one. So it'd be like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. I, I think that I would ask like such things as what's better, Star Wars or Star Trek. We we know that it's Star Wars to a point. So you can't say to a point. It's just Star Trek. <laughs> hey, you know, you end up Take having this. It used to not be that case. And then I'd say, like, what changed this whole nonsense, Mobius chair? And then we'd probably go out for a drink or something and talk about it. You know, hang Star out. Star Trek was so chair. strong in the 90s. I don't understand. Like, the 80s and 90s, it was so strong when there was no Star Wars going on. Well, you weren't strong in the 90s, Eric. Actually, that might be when you were strong. You were working yeah. out a bit, still with those thin arms, though, that make me giggle. Those arms of yours and that that skim milk for I'd actually ask. Actually, Called the Caucasian. funniest is I'm just like Eric. Ever gonna marry? Just I'd ask like really stupid stuff, and and I'd be disappointed by the end. It would just be like everything in life. I would blow my chance of anything with that, but I probably would eventually. I might like how they make them pyramids, stuff like that. That'd be pretty Magnets. cool. <laughs> like, how do those work? That'd be funny if I'm like, how'd they make the periods, Mobius chair? And it's like they start it from the bottom and work their way up. I'm like, I don't need you Thank to you, punk Mobius. me, asshole. Like Mobius chair, I didn't know you had such a sense of humor. I like you, Mobius chair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's weird things about that. Like I don't know that I really care if there's life after death because that would end up that might depress me more. Yeah, it'd be like really. I thought that I'd be able to relax and die. Right, I just want to leave. I don't need to think that there, there's another life. You, you say going this, on. but you talk about your like weird personal sexy heaven where you go there in your sexiest self, and everybody's a swigger. That my my problem is is that it, going back to that, and I do think that when you die, you do go someplace and you become your sexiest self because you're supposed to be like that's paradise, right? So what happens is I know this will happen, Eric, if I do go to that place, but. I also think that we might all go to the same place and we're all our sexy okay. selves, right? I'll just go that route. I get there. I'm having fun, right? I'm like, this is great. I see your stupid ass and you come over and goes, what's going on? I thought you were going to be your sexiest self, almost like the who sings that song. And I get so mad. I'm like, I am my sexiest self, you jerk. And then I start fighting you. Next thing I'm in hell. They, they yeah. send me down. I don't know that you're allowed to fight. No, no, you broke the rules. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I'm like, I, I am my sexiest self. And Eric, now it like, actually is heaven. I, I could just imagine, too, you're hanging out with, like, Aristotle, possibly Charles Lindbergh, and maybe maybe Chef Boyardee. You're all there. And I, you come up to me, and you're like, hey, guys, I thought that you were this supposed to be great. your sexiest self. 
all three of you assholes start laughing at me, right? And I'm like, ah, and I'm like, where's your son, Limburg? Right? I'd say shit like that, and then he'd start crying, Eric, and I'm back in hell. Where's yours? With his son. And my sons would be right there. They And you, everybody oh, yeah. would beat me up. I'm saying they'd be there making fun of me. I don't want that, Eric. See, this is what happens. This is bullshit. Thanks a lot, Luis. Now I'm freaking miserable. That That's what would happen. No, right, no, Eric. no. Don't blame Luis. Uh, we're going to move on. Thank you, Luis, for your mail. That is it. See you on the 7th. Next deal is J-Man from Half Moon Bay. And he says, hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? Hi, what's up? I just found this Jeremy Adams interview while surfing the internet, and he did send me the interview. If I remember, I might put it in the show notes, Eric, but I'll probably forget. But it says, check it out. And he's talking about, you know, loving the things. He says, after hearing his enthusiasm and mindset on writing his flash stories and potential future projects, I'm even more excited in continuing to read the one Minute War event and what Jeremy may do with Green Lantern in the near future. Now, this is an about face here for J-Men, who ended up really throwing shade at at everybody for liking the One Minute War at first, but I'm glad that he's come around. Oh, yeah, he didn't know all the information at the time. Yep, Uh, I hope he has the opportunity to write more DC series in the future, and we do know that he's going to be doing that Green Lantern book. He mentioned wanting to write a Wonder Woman story. Maybe I doubt it, but I could also see him writing a decent JLA, Teen Titans, or even a JSA run after Jeff Johns gets tired of exploring brief like, stories the in the Stargirl Titans, but a, a new Teen Titans, I can see. That'd be pretty I'd love fun, that. I think. Yeah, I would like that with Damien and some things like that. No, I I'm not saying Damien because it's, you have to do something new because I don't want Titans Academy the way we had it with those characters. And the Damien Wayne one doesn't work. Well, he's he's evolved, Derek. He he's can evolved, now but start he, is anybody going to say, hey, you've evolved, I'm going to trust you again out of nowhere, even though you were a piece of shit when I was on your team last time? Well, you don't need, like, you know, crybabies like Wallace West. Get Ace the How hell out of here. <laughs> we don't need that crybaby. It's Kid but Flash. if that, though, if you have Damien, and then if this is a backdoor way to get, say, Jay and Irie still going on, and Ace, maybe, I yeah, don't know. They seem, a little too, they seem a little They're young. They're academy. Yeah, that there's no academy anymore. That's done. That was bullshit. What are you talking about? They just they have a new the tower. One. No, they have the tower. They didn't call it the academy. They called it the new Titans Tower. There's no way that academy. That bullshit. The minute that any class classes, the thing's blowing up, and that's a target. I also hope DC will let Jeremy Adams at least write the Flash issue 800 milestone baby. He says, and I do believe that he will probably write until that. They'll have the big 800. He'll have a story in that to say goodbye, yeah, and then you start yeah. off with 801 with whoever would be on it uh, going forward. But it does seem, and what he has told me personally is his run is coming to an end. It's not one of those, well, maybe it, it seems an end. But things change, and always, when they do, makes me and you look like lying assholes, Eric. That's I mean, look back, look back at us talking about the doomsday clock, you know, over and over. We're told all this info. Next thing you know, no, no. seriously. Scott Snyder, I, I'm that. just going to call it out. Scott Snyder ended up telling us that, it, yeah, it didn't mean anything, didn't mean anything. We find out it did in an interview by Scott Snyder who tells everybody that, like, really? <sighs> as it sounds like he has big plans for that issue as well. Check out the end of the interview talking about 800. I was listening to your podcast last week and saw that you did the $25 do or die segment, I Want to Play. So right. my list would be World's Finest. He nice. says, no brainer and a steal at $4. The I Flash. $4. I can't wait to see who will die. The Empress face reveal. Looks like Eric Shea, sexiest self. Why Barry won't put a ring on it. He may now, but she's dead. 
That's kind of gross. Why Jay Garrick is drinking so much? Because he's a drunk. And if one of the Flash family members ends up putting, well, that's why I would drink my sons, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse, Eric. Flash family member ends up putting Roy and Donna in a compromising position together Ah. at the barbecue after the faction was defeated. That's what you have to do. And seriously, get those. What I would do, actually, what you really need to do is get a big, juicy, regular hamburger and put it right in the mouth of that animal, man. Take that ass. What the hell is wrong with you? Ah, That'd be the best. Action Comics, $5 looking forward to the Metallo arc. Jonathan Kent smacking some annoying super twins down. Lex blowing up his own power suit at the worst time because he finally realizes how stupid it looks. And Leah Williams being coerced by DC to put a cosplay of her in the Power Girl outfit to plug her terrible stories in an otherwise high-quality Action Comics issue. He wants that cosplay. Eric, unfortunately for her, fortunate for us, she forgets her own continuity and dresses up in the gold standard original Power Girl uniform with the boob window as open and revealing as it's ever been. I That's think the J-Man was just canceled. Stargirl, The Lost Children, number four. It's an it. interesting mystery. Do you think that The Lost Children will be saved by Bibbo showing up in a sus van? Is that possible? I don't know why I have weird ideas about Bibbo. Four dollars. It's an interesting mystery starring the character. Ain't nobody slashing Bibbo's tires. That's that is true. But again, they didn't do anything about Matthew Rosenberg, and so allegedly did it, putting the spotlight on some known and unknown classic hit sidekick characters. I, I do really like the Lost Children a lot, and deceased War of the Undead God. You're not going to take JSA with the Lost Children. That seems weird. Not taking that as well. I said, me and you both said that that it does feel weird. Now, if anybody is uh, wondering, I should have said it at the beginning of this. This is what we did last week on the Patreon-only podcast. We ended up giving our $25 do-or-die pull list, though, of this deal. That's why he ended up mailing in, just to try to entice people over. I'm chilling it again. Uh, but Deceased War of the Undead Gods, I'm really not. I don't feel like there's that much interest in that book anymore, and I think that it's a good thing that that might be the end of the Deceased deal. He says, $4, so many big moments, and I'm very much looking forward to Spectre versus Mixoplick. A battle in the next issue. Forgot I'm, all about it. I, I have a feeling it's going to be kind of bullcrap. I really do because first off, the the fun of Mixelplick I think is gone. Being a zombie, he, he doesn't have the imagination. You, I'm just saying the idea that you have him there. It's like okay, now Mixelplick. Oh, immediately zombie. Okay, that's off the table. <laughs> so disappointing. Yeah, I just think they're just going to duke it out. Like Snap it's your almost, damn thing. You know what it's going to? What I think it's going to end up feeling like. It's going to feel like, and you mentioned the Injustice video game, where you have the big characters in the background slugging it out, but that's nothing to do. That's just the window dressing of the deal, and you're doing your regular battle. Jim, I'm having some issues again with Gabe's reviews. Oh, my. If I had a nickel. Do another prayer? Or Alien? (laughs) He says they're at least the score he's given. Uh, This is something, again, where I love where J-Man, he writes in, and he will throw shade at Gabe, but it really ends up being shade at me and you because we end up doing it even worse than what he's saying. You'll see what I mean. I agree that this week's Batman had some enjoyable moments. It was better than the couple of previous issues, but it's still confusing as to where Bruce went to and why. Now, I'm going to tell J-Man again. Well, it's still part of the mystery. This story still is going on as far as the books are solicited. This is going to go to like July. So we, we have plenty of time, just like that one minute war. We're, we're going to have a lot of time to explore this. But he says, plus the art is not as good 
Uh, now that we no longer have Jorge Jimenez doing the pencils, I actually liked this issue. I liked uh, it as well. He gave this an 8.5. I gave it an 8.3. You gave it an 8. Okay, that's fair, a little bit high. Uh, maybe like you. But then he gives Batman oh, Joker it. the Deadly Duo issue an 8. This is the best art I've seen by Mark Silvestri in years, not to mention some of the best Batman art anyone I've seen draw an entire issue of for a Batman title. I think that's going a little too far. But again, I even explained the, the idea yeah. of the art's good, but that does not make me give it a high score when the story isn't doing much. The story's interesting to you. And Mark Silvestri is actually telling an honest-to-goodness detective story. Is he like? Uh, do you get that? The idea that uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it seems like a jigsaw story. Detective Tap was in that movie. I think a lot of uh, it's a lot of scenes smushed together, and I I don't even really get that. Slowing down the action a little bit to expand on the main villain is not a detriment to the overall story. I actually think that you didn't do that in this issue. I think that you played a lot of nonsense with this stupid ass train, but or it's pacing the going forward. Though. Uh, and this is the thing where you're talking about an issue that has three more issues left or a series that has three more issues left versus a Batman story that will, it seems, have five or six. I, it's I don't the second know. issue right now of the story, I believe. What of the what's of the Batman? Uh, yeah. And it's going to keep going. Uh, this yeah. mini series of the I just want to get out of it. At least if you're giving Batman an eight five Batman and Joker this week should be. A nine or better. I, I disagree completely. I do not like that book as much as some people say. I think it's a quality enough, but I'm, what did we give it? Like a seven? I gave it a seven, eight. Yeah, I gave it a seven. You gave it a seven, eight. I, I do not think it's a nine or better. I really don't. But it's the same thing as if I'm rating Baywatch, Pam, and Tommy Lee sex tape era Pamela Anderson versus Pamela Anderson today. Obviously, if I'm giving Pamela Anderson today an eight or a 10, uh, I better, if I'm a same man, rate the Baywatch sex tape or Pamela Anderson, the nine five or better. You know what the thing is, too, the idea of buying a book just for art. I, I can go on and look at a preview and say, yeah, that's cool art. I don't sit there and like stare at it like maybe the Pamela Anderson sex that's tape, fair. Eric, right? But it, it doesn't uh, just because a book looks great, even that doesn't sell it for me. I need a story. The sto I don't sit there and say, man, remember that. One story from 1968, it had the greatest art I ever saw. When we talk about things that we go back, it's always the story and what ends oh, up definitely. happening We're in my mind. Is, yeah, and I think that's a lot of people. I don't really hear, I don't see lists of greatest looking Batman stories ever. I see greatest Batman stories ever. And when you go into it, it just talks about the story. And that's where I think that stuff hits. But again, I could look at previews of the great art and, and I don't have to pay a cent. Right now, I would prefer Alexandra Daddario. Eric, you used to like her. I'm not used to. I still do. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, he says, "True Detective." First four episodes, he's going through her whole deal. Or Emily Van Camp. I don't Doesn't think I she know make like like pork and beans? Isn't that like what the pork Van Camps do? Beans. Isn't there like a, a version of like pork and beans? That's the Van Camp brand. She was in Revenge and Winter Soldier and The Resident. To either version of oh, Pam I Anderson. See her, yeah. All day, every day, and all of you closet freakaloos and wackadoos, Blake Blossom above all the rest. I ended up, I did Google this. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a that's a porn star. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. He says like the idea of get your incognito filter off and the lights. I thought it was just like somebody who did like little fappening stuff, or, you know, straight up porn star. Mm -hmm. 
I hear she goes and does an awesome cosplay of Spider Gwen with Peter Parker. Yeah. Would, okay. would you call would you call that character in that porno Peter Pork Her? Would you would you go with that? Because that's what yes. I would go with. That'd be pretty good, right? You want to make a, a little bit of a porn parody? You want to do no. that right now? Okay. I, I thought maybe I was going to say you could be Spider Gwen. That's all for now. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. Jay, man, from Half Thank you, Jay, man. And yeah, Jay, man, really, he loves that deal, but he's more of an art guy, I guess. It's just that's not my thing. Uh, the next deal is Joe, and Joe ends up, and, and it's funny. I'll tell you a funny play with this because I did try to read a book, and I hope that some people do check this out. But I did try to read a book. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I couldn't. And I'll tell you what. It's good morning. It's hard. No, no, there's a reason. Good morning, Jim and Eric. This is Joe again. I have been reading on the DC Infinite app, Sandman Mystery Theater. I was wondering if either of you have read the series and your thoughts on the series as a whole. Have you ever read that? I know you're not not. a huge Sandman fan. Uh, This would definitely be something that Reggie would have been into. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. I'm going to check it out. So I go and load up the Infinite. I didn't realize I no longer have a subscription to the infinite ever. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. Like, and then I'm looking into it. But at that point, and I don't also have a real access to my bank account because it's, I, I have problems, Eric. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to take Joe's word for it. But I hope that people check it out because he says, if you've not read it, I advise you to check it out as it is a quite good read. Also, if you have not read it, I understand if you don't read this on the podcast, but we don't play that. Keep up the great work, and we'll see you in seven. And that's from Joe. So no, check I, it out. I do want to check it out. I want to see how that is. I just, you know, I need to get that infinite app again. You, you didn't go with the ultra, right? You, no, you just no, had the regular the ultra. infinite. Yeah, yeah. I ended up where again. I didn't realize that my thing had expired. That almost to me shows me, yeah, do I really need it? But then there is a a pretty good deal right now for the infinite. And I'll give I'll give them credit. It's not one of those new subscribers only. It ends up being, you know, thing. I was going to go. I tried to do it, and it, it failed again, Eric. I had some problems. But uh, so when I do end up getting there, Joe, I will check it out. Walt is next, and the last mail for the podcast. Walt says, what is up, Jim, Eric, and everyone to Get Fresh crew? <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus up, Planet. So it's just a bunch of oversized issues with 10-page stories. Kind of wish from yep. the start. We got most of these stories in like a hundred page oversized well, issue. Not at all. No, actually that I go with your not at all, but not a bad idea. Not a bad idea to have like maybe one or two oversized so that you just get them the fuck done. Also, it would end up where we wouldn't have talked about them then, Eric, because we don't deal with those hundred page oversized issues anymore. So we would have been scot free, Mr. I don't Bowman. know if that we might have because it's usually just nonsensical, like anthology books that have no continuity. If this is yeah, a part we of a big event, we probably would have, yeah. You're right. It would have driven us nuts. And then throughout the event, we have actual two to four issue tie ins of the story, like the Shazam one and the latest time wasn't that great. Maybe make it two issues long. The story will actually be better at that. That might have been a better play, give you a little more story. It seems like a lot of it is just like, it felt like the writer's workshop stuff. You kind of get thrown in and you get a cliffhanger that may or may not end up ever being resolved, but you get that, you know, play. But hey, I saw in an upcoming time, we are getting a Firestorm story about Sweet. time. As for the Power Girl story that is happening in both that and event and in Action Comics, what the F is happening there? I am not going Nonsense. to say I'm a big Power Girl fan. It sucks. But been reading the JSA run from 2007 and thoroughly enjoy her in that book. You know yeah. what she doesn't do in that book, Sook? She is more like a team leader. Do you like, which power girl do you like less, Eric? 
the one that we're getting with Leo Williams right now, or the Mark Russell one. Man, why you got to be like that? And that one star squadron nonsense. Wh- which one, Eric? Which one do you, you like? You like them both? As, I want to as... say that I like the Leo Williams one l- more than <laughs> more. that just because I haven't had enough of it yet. Then I, I think so. You don't like the Karen Starr? A uh, bitchy lady who's trying to get people fired. That, that's what you don't like. No, I give don't her want a that. team book, not these new powers. Which I also don't want the psychic stick. hotline, Karen Star either. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Call now, man. <laughs> Call now, man. She's already a Kryptonian. Don't need to give her more powers. Well, again, we kind of forgot the idea that Superman himself is way overpowered now too, which he revealed with Dawn of DC being a relaunch. He has in quotes. What are some books you would like to see get a run? Hopefully, when the Just League book comes back, it's not like a usual basic lineup. That'd be great. You, you always want that. You always want I that. I love me weird line. teams. It's such a, a weird play, though, because you can imagine the, the meetings that they're having. And there is somebody, probably they think he's an asshole like you. Uh-huh. And he ends up like, we need a team with Firestorm. Yeah, I'm telling you, just throw the characters Kyle Rayner, Firestorm, okay. Shazam, Miss Martian, Natasha Iron Steel. Tony, I was actually working on a team for something that I was trying to put together for the idea. In a world without the proper Justice League in the DC Universe, what's stopping other teams that, like the Titans are stepping up to be that kind of thing? But what about these other characters that can come together who aren't exactly Titans or Teen Titans or like the JLA Calber that can come together? And I was thinking of a team called the Champions, not the Champions, the, uh, the Crusaders. Oh, the Crusaders, you say? Yeah. I, I actually would even like to have, now you probably have to rebrand the stuff or whatever, but like almost like the let's get the gang back together. Like you end up having that sort of thing where, you know, Booster ends up getting a hold of, of Tad. Hey, why don't we call Guy Gardner and let, let's do doing Heroes for Something like stuff. that, but it'd be kind <laughs> of a fun little play, like as an aside. Actually, it would be a neat deal. They won't do it and probably wouldn't sell and people think it's bullshit, but almost have a Battle of the Cow-esque deal where all these teams are just like, fuck it, we're stepping up and see who ends up winning the death the match. of the Justice League. The yeah, it'd be really cool. Uh, but again, I, you know that if they're talking about this in a board meeting, right, they're doing this, and I mean B-O-R-E-D, Eric, and they're saying, You're, you uh. got this team, and I think <laughs> that it would be the greatest. Like, I think that it would really rock the socks off of a lot of people, but then you have this fucking asshole there with his little fucking reading glasses, he's like, I don't think that'll sell. And then you just get the basic one because books aren't selling as great now. And they, but again, don't listen to that asshole. That guy is going to keep going with the normal. That's why they're not selling. You need something. Let's let's get the let's knock the socks off of people, Eric. And I wish that they would maybe have a a write in or a call in. Do they still have the nine hundred numbers? I don't think you they have do. that, and you can end up like that round robin. Let's just pick a fucking crazy ass team. That'd be neat. And then they do it for like an issue and they die. It'd be like the crazy team that they had at the beginning of Dark Crisis with John and everybody everybody lost lost their minds over Yeah, Yeah, and then all of a sudden it wasn't anything anyway. But I guess it's the Titans. But Shazam, Firestorm, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, Miss Martian, and Natasha Iron Steel. I think that could be a really cool team. That would be neat. That that would be pretty cool. I like Guy Gardner. I I like that. And, And going back to the beginning of the podcast, if you haven't read the Millennium event, Maybe even a bat wing. If you if you like Guy Gardner and want to have some of the funniest interactions with Batman and Guy Gardner, read that Millennium deal because there are parts where Batman desperately needs Guy Gardner to be an Did asshole. Guy brain damage, and Guy is brain da- he and and, <laughs> and is so like it's not just like oh man Batman I don't this is the 
golly gee, Batman, I think that Booster Gold is playing with us. See, he's our friend. And then just gets walloped again. And Batman at one point goes, Guy, I think I like the asshole version of you better. He's like, I never would say this. I love that. I thought that it was so good. Uh, but people forget about that whole brain damage being nice guy. Uh, but yeah, he continues on. And again, I hope that we do get maybe a little mix up of the team. I know that they're going to end up having the usual suspects a lot of times, but expand it then. Uh, but he says, hopefully when they come back, it won't be the basic lineup. Uh, as much as both the Rebirth and the New 52 Just League of America books didn't land the mark, I kept reading them because of the lineup they had. Maybe Roy Harper on the also team. Also one of the Ray on the team as well. Okay. The Ray. Mm, yeah. He was on that JLA deal with Steve Orlando. We liked him there. It's just that book got wacky. No the Ray was really I... good in the 90s when they created that character and gave him his own series. Had some fun stuff with like Kyle Rayner. Guy. That's why what I really enjoyed the character. What city is he from, Eric? What, what city is that guy from? Well, He's from Philadelphia now. Exactly. That's all I wanted to say. A little shout out. No clue if I missed. You know who else boy. is from Philadelphia? The Eagles, Eric. No clue if I missed it or not. But did, they, <laughs> did they do something special with Roy when he came back? Nope. No. No. He just kind of came. He just kind of showed up at uh at Titans Academy and was kind of hung out for a while. Wasn't he a lantern or something? There was some weird stuff. Sad to hear Jeremy Adams won't be on the Flashbook. Just as bummed to hear it's a Hal Jordan book. Was hoping we would get a Kyle Rayner, Guy Jessica, or even just a Green Lantern core book. Shit, I would take a Simon Baz book. But hey, that's it for this week, Eric. Uh, I actually, and I'm trying to think, and some people may end up, it might have been the Power uh, book, the anthology. There was a uh, Teen oh, Lantern Power, sighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teen Lantern, Eric. I'm like, really? I, but I she saw had the gauntlet on, and I'm like, what's going on? I'm like telling that, you, that I have thing. no idea if Jeffrey Thorne's continuity yeah. matters to anybody anymore. Know. Because even the idea at the end of that, it's just Teen Lantern. Bendis created a character. Teen Lantern made no sense whatsoever, but there was a mystery there that some writer could pick up the ball and take it somewhere and maybe do something with the character. And Jeffrey Thorne grabbed the character and said, all right, we're going to depower and she's no longer a Green Lantern-esque kind of thing. I'm like, oh, well. What is that? And we're talking about things, and we were said it a couple times this week already, but what is the idea of, there's the Teen Lantern. She has this gauntlet. The, the only thing that gets the whole play is this that gauntlet, gauntlet and thing, trying yeah. to figure out what it is, and they get rid Where of it. Where to come from, yeah. I mean, basically, you're there, oh, y- you mean this character? She is just a little girl now. That's it. Whether or not they give her a ring, it's still not the special thing that she had, and then something less. It's just wacky. What they think, but yeah, when I saw her, I was excited, and then I'm oh crap! I saw a panel of her doing again. something on Twitter. I'm like, oh, she's not supposed to be having powers still. It's so funny too, with the idea like that is a character tailor made for me to enjoy. Those are the sort of characters that I do like, and I wasn't. But once I saw that gauntlet, I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm arguing that you should have the gauntlet, but it was taken away, so it's weird to have. But he ends up saying, but hey, that's it for the week. Though after I send this email, pretty sure I would have thought of some other stuff to add. Adios. And remember, it's not nice to put Mentos in Diet Coke, but it's funny to do it in church, Eric. Oh You're not going to be a sexy self church. <laughs> Me, Eric, right? So you end up with, well, and that's the end of the Thank mail you. for this week. Thanks, everybody. And again, if you want to get involved and have us go down all these wacky paths, go and email us at weirdsciencedc at gmail. Dot com That'll be in the show notes as well But we have two more books to go And we're going to do those right about now Well he stares into the mirror Moosing up his hair Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is tear Well that's just every shame 
Looking for a star scream Or maybe a hot cap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well that's just Eric Shea that is Eric Shea, and sure this is Eric Shea's sections, favorite books of all time. You end up with a book Talk that about Tim Drake Robbins out of this. <laughs> that is true. What will be your book of the week now? Uh, this is a book that you have proclaimed as being one of the most important ones in the DCU right now. Not and anymore. I can't, I can't <laughs> argue up until I was going to say until this issue. Though That's the best it, it's part funny about it. too, though. This is, a, and I agree. And this is a weird book. This is one of those books that, as we're talking about it each and every time it comes out, uh, not many people are talking to us about it. Like, you know, we end up, it's almost just me and you get together talking about it. And it has that thing that I keep feeling it's me and your book. It's like, okay, this is me and Eric's book here. We're enjoying it. And we kind of get it thrown into the Lazarus planet, making it more important. And whether or not I ended up like, oh, man. What do you do? Like that idea that I get mad that it might become popular. I never thought it would. But then when you get back to this, I did see finally some people are talking about it, but they're arguing like, oh, this is bullshit. Like this isn't as good as I thought it was because it's not really giving us Lazarus Planet Well, the Planet worst part stuff. about last issue was the Lazarus Planet tie-in, like the, the idea that actually went with Lazarus Planet and what was going on because – what we had leading up before Lazarus Planet was the best the Monkey Prince has been. Ever since he got to Metropolis, the story has been really taken off, and then it had to stop to do Lazarus Planet stuff. And thankfully, in this one, it's like, all right, all that stuff that you want to see, go see Lazarus Planet Omega if you want to see that, because we're getting back to Monkey Prince stuff. I'm like, finally, thank and God. And that was kind of, that was kind of, I tried to talk, it was convoluted the way I was saying it, but what I really wish we had, and you'd have to kind of make it work in the story or whatnot, I almost wish that. This whole series, which is going to end, this is the penultimate issue, that when it ends, you got that last page. Now go see Monkey P because I like this book. It's, again, it's kind of our little, you know, little book that can uh, deal, you know, the little book that could or whatever, that we are enjoying it. And we're liking Marcus. And it did get away from that a bit last issue. And it ended up not being as good. But you get back to the deal here. Just the idea that I see people who just jumped on last issue, they get in here thinking it's going to be that important book, and it isn't. It's back to Monkey Prince stuff, but if you have been reading it, I think that you will enjoy this. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, but give us the credits, Eric, and then we'll jump into it. Monkey Prince, number 11, written by Gina Luen Yang, with R. Pi Bernard Chang, Marcelo Mayo, Adriana Lucas, Haining, and Janice Chiang. And in this situation, or situation, this is issue that we're dealing with, we had that interruption of the Lazarus planet, all the Lazarus rain coming down. But in the meantime, we have Ultra Humanite doing Ultra Humanite things where him and Marcus's father are trying to rebuild the Phantom Zone projector where 15 years ago, they tried to open up a doorway to the Phantom Zone so they could get the Monkey King out of there, who's in there for some reason they knew about it, because the Ultra Humanite wanted this Chinese monkey god to be subservient to him. And now that it's like, for some reason, we had a damaged projector lens that was rebuilt because of Lazarus the Rain, resin. which is bullshit, yeah. we can yeah. now rebuild the Phantom Zone projector. But even that idea, like, oh, all right, we can't, like, we rebuilt it, but it doesn't work that We have to go to the Hall of Justice to get the spare parts that we need that were there because what we have is not exactly working. But we never see any of that. It's the worst part of the book in my mind because it's just there for Monkey Prince to show up during the Lazarus Rain. Man, the Hall of Justice really messed up. Better get back to my father and grandfather and what's going on with my mother. And I'm like, I don't know why we needed to do any of that. Why couldn't we just have the Phantom Zone projector work like they said it was in the previous issue? Yeah, and I actually do like the idea because we're going to get back to 
you know, Marcus and what it all means. And he's who been Marcus sitting there. Marcus is. Who, yeah, where and, the monkey dealing the king with, has been. Is the monkey king actually his dad and things like that. But as an aside, I thought, I still wish it was the case, that I thought that what we were getting is ultra humanite, thinking I'm going to get that sexy body uh, of the monkey king. It's not that. He wants him to be subservient. But do you think if you were the ultra humanite, you'd either wear a hat or do you think that you'd oh, put no, like bitch, a glass? Oh, no, bitch, you see my brain. You put the glass globe like rat catcher up there. Like, would you do that? I, I would wear a hat. I, it's almost like the idea. It's the over the top. Simon don't worse. wear a hat. Well, here's what you have, though, with him is he has that long hair on the side and he does have a bald spot, but it's his brain. So it's a, it's a weird play. Uh, but he ends up where you have this going on. And, and in the hat. beginning, in the beginning, going through like, well, yeah, really in this whole deal. And why don't they just center on attacking that exposed brain? You end up where Marcus thinks that he, Marcus thinks that he's being, you know, coy with things, but Ultra Humanite is a little too smart and realizes and almost gets to the point where he's hinting to Marcus to just come on now. I understand who you are. I know you're, That's, but then Marcus so still keeps playing the game, and it made me kind of giggle. I like the idea where we end this issue with Ultra Humanite knowing that Marcus is the Monkey Prince, the guy who he believed to be the like the sidekick of Supergirl who fought him previously. But the way we get there isn't great in my mind because when we have the Ultra Humanite and Marcus's uh, father building the, the projector, Monkey Prince comes in, throws a bunch of fucked up clones at him, at him because the, the Lazarus Raid messed him up, so he can't do it quite right. And they they go little gremlins on him, and uh, like Marcus's father ends up getting knocked out. And during this, the projector is opening the uh, the Phantom Zone up, and this monstrous form is coming out, which forces Marcus to jump into the Phantom Zone, only to realize he's being confronted by the Monkey King. But during this whole jump in process, where it seemed like he was worried about his father about being pulled into the Phantom, this is the point where the Ultra Humanite realizes. Oh my God, you're my grandson, my daughter. I never believed her when she said she just adopted Marcus 15 years ago. This is the weirdest, like, little bit of, like, you know, jumping to conclusion situation. Like, oh my God. But it's so human. I can make it the goofy guy. What I do like, though, and I think that it plays out well, even when you go to flashbacks and see the stuff with Marcus, but his father, Winston, the idea of their interaction between Ultra Humanite and him. I think it's pretty good. It ends up where they're like, listen here, you side guy. And he's like, man, he's getting all upset. Why do you treat me like crap like that? And then while they're talking about it, that whole deal with the projector, they are trying to replicate. You know, they have the lens, but they're trying to yeah. replicate Krypton. So he's like, I told you before, you can't. And he grabs Ultra Human, like grabs him by the neck. And I, I thought it was kind of a funny little play. But when they get to this, and they then he try to grab he- him. Well, that's the thing is I do like the interaction here because now that Marcus's mother is all messed up, you know, we're doing all of these things, which seems to be a little side quest to actually making her all right. But it's going back to a job they tried to do 15 years ago. And while they are just henchmen, his Marcus's parents, they are just like, you know, these scientists, they want to get these jobs done and it might get them money. Who knows? But Ultra Humanite is also a part of the family. And I like the idea that after all of these years, he stands up to Ultra Humanite. Ultra Humanite, like, uh, That's appreciates like. this. Yeah, but he when actually we get likes the flashback it. of Marcus's origins and we find out where he's really from. Is he the son of the monkey king? But this interaction between Marcus's parents where they are kind of broken sad, right? up. And it yeah. seems when they find Marcus, this infant of the, of the Phantom Zone, it seems like you came out in a weird, like, you know, Phantom Zone asteroid inside of this rock. And somehow, you know, is the progeny of Monkey King to a degree. We don't know exactly how yet. I can't yeah, wait to find out next weird. issue. Yeah. But they completely do the worst thing they possibly can. They are 
a couple who are on the outs, freaking just the toxic couple but who Eric, don't like each other, and they having have a, a kid baby, to make it better. <laughs> doesn't having a baby end up making everything Apparently, because better? they seem like good they parents to me for the most part, and they seem yeah. happy together. It almost feels like that idea that while that is not, no, I'll tell you, recipe for disaster is thinking that'll happen five times, Eric. That'd yeah, be really dumb. Good. But with the idea that Maybe sometimes it does work out. Maybe they did need something to get them closer and they realize because a strange what, Phantom Zone baby. I mean, really, what you end I up finding you, out. Winston. <laughs> Marcus's mom wants the bad boy, Eric. And they have kind of become the bad guy and gal in that. But it seems like, man, I just, he has to get it through his head that I want you to stand up to my father. That's what I really want here. And That's he really doesn't seem to want to do it. Uh, but yeah, having a baby doesn't usually solve all your problems, but he even comes out and it's kind of a cool play where the monkey king there and he's not fully through, which would be cool because that really could turn the tide in this whole Lazarus planet nonsense. But I think it's too big, so you can't. But you end up having, who the hell are you? He's, what, what do you mean? I'm, I'm your son, Marcus, the monkey baby. He's like, not on my who watch. I don't that? remember you. It's like when they go and, you know, ask Robert Plant. Really, he doesn't remember what he did in Cleveland in 72, Eric. So he's like, ah, I don't know about that. Banged a lot of and women. so he ends up finding out because they end up, and he even says where he has his little, you know, duplicates that are cute. They're like cheesy. Yeah. The Monkey King, he can do a full size deal. This is more powerful. Marcus wants to up the ante and learn hey, how'd that. How'd you do that? And hey, I daddy, like the idea. Like, how'd you do that? Yeah, how'd you do that? Tell me that, Daddy. Well, daddy, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, and so when you have that, he ends up using that kind of. Mumbo jumbo. I was going to say tech, but it's that, you know, that whole mystical deal to get yeah. a strand of his hair, make a, and because the clones, they know what's going on and he can ask them and he does do that. And yeah, we find out that he may or may not, we don't get a full definitive answer, but it seems like he's not exactly what we thought. This isn't something that a monkey king has been sitting there thinking, what has been done to my son? And I can't wait to have my son here. He's not aware of Marcus, whether or not it's the connection. And he wants to know, like, she, he keeps branching the name, like, she, she, who pinks, he told me that's like, where is that guy? He is wrong about so many things all the time. And like, we have the idea that he's still kidnapped because of Lazarus Planet and the Nezha stuff. But within this whole idea of cloning Marcus to find the inner truth of where his like origins lie, we have this whole flashback where 15 years ago, the ultra humanized attacking Metropolis. They open up a Phantom Zone projector while, you know, a Phantom Zone like, uh, portal while the Justice League are trying to stop and do all of these things. But ultimately it is just like a, a rock that falls out of this, you know, Phantom Zone realm, and inside is the baby of Marcus, and that is all we get to learn here. And I'm like, and it almost man, looks like a Superman esque deal the way oh, that yeah, that really opens is. up, and it's the baby. And and really, what happens that's funny in this, as you see that his parents were pretty much, you know, kaputs until he comes in. But you also have Winston takes a shot at Superman. The guy's got balls. I know, and Winston does have some balls, except against Ultra Humanite. He seems to not want to go. And the mom, she keeps yelling, and and yes, you have you that spineless fuck. Listen, oh, you hen- and they have an listen, <laughs> you henchmen, hench people. It was okay, but she's yeah. right. She starts yelling that this, you know, the the portal, it's too big. It's, shit's coming through here. It's bad. You can't, and nobody will listen to her. And then that's when he, why don't you tell my dad that I'm right? All that, you know, nonsense that you hear from your you wife, stand up fiance. for me. You know, the nonsense, Eric. But that's how you Jesus. end up getting. You end up getting Mark, and it does throw that deal. But in the end of it, it's not like the Monkey King says, see, you're not my kid. He's like, well, that's kind of a gray area. <laughs> Let's figure this out. But I do like finding out that I, I was afraid that at the end we were just going to get, because where do you go from the idea of, okay, hey, dad, it's me. 
All right, I'm Monkey King. You're Monkey Prince. Let's go. I actually like the idea that Monkey King is not aware of him. And then one of the best parts I thought was when Marcus keeps saying, and you said it already, but Marcus, little Shifu Pixies, when did he become a Shifu? Like that piece of crap. Like it's so funny because that plays that game of where's that flop-eared rice bucket? Yeah, we think that you know Shifu Pixie is the be-all end-all. This is the great thing, and he's like that nonsense guy. Well, it's you know what it is. It's the idea of when Han comes out of Carbonite and they yeah. tell him like Chewbacca, like the Jedi, a Jedi. Where, what the <laughs> hell? Illusions of grandeur. Yeah, that, that it made me re- think of that right away. I well, thought that, that, that was really fun. You had these really like subtle callbacks to things that we saw in like what is it like? Uh, I don't know if it was the world's finest or even Alpha of the Lazarus Planet, but we did get the background of the Devil Nassau and the Monkey King and like the Shifu pigs. Oh yeah, like and that. he's like because, going on with that because it has like, that that sh- sash. Shifu, Pixie, where's he at? Oh, he's uh, he's been kidnapped by the devil Nessa. Nessa, I guess he took that sash off again. So you have all these great things that the Monkey King is getting caught up of, and he has all the answers to things going on. But it's something that he's not really re- like uh, ca- caring about at this point in time. And we do find out the reason that he is in the Phantom Zone is something that it's a self-imposed exile because apparently. Like uh, Superboy was in the Injustice series, he was dying, and the only way to save him was to put his ass in the Phantom Zone, and that's what it seems like the Monkey King's doing right now. Because if he leaves, he's dead. And you'd have to figure out, like, why would he be there? That's a weird play, and that's why. he They end up having to do something, and if they're going to get him out, but he's he's a little bit too big for the Lazarus planet, and, and should kind of be just in this book, in my mind. So that's a good deal. It feels a little forced to keep him out of the events or whatnot, but I do like when he brings up that sash deal. To, to remind you, again, of Nezha and things like that, where these characters in Fireball, they weren't exactly the worst of the worst, but things have gone wrong. And, and as this goes forward, we'll see how that plays just, out. But you It's do get- so weird. In the penultimate issue, though, we have this big mystery about, like, this entire time, we were, oh, it's Monkey Prince. He's the son of the Chinese Monkey King. Okay, that's cool. we got to figure out where the Monkey King is because he's been gone for all this time. And now in the penultimate issue... We have this revelation. There's a deeper mystery going on that we have to get to the bottom of. And the Monkey King even puts Marcus up to the fact, like, I need you to go find my old master, Tripitaka. He can figure out what's going on here. And now you put your like the Monkey Prince on a quest. Like, how the hell do we have enough time for all this? I know. Uh, we is have this one a continuation? More Are we extending the Monkey Prince? Because I don't see that happening, even though I'm having fun. I am having fun. And I really do like the character. And it's a shame that. Maybe they could have gotten him involved with something big like the Lazarus Planet. I know the timing's not there, but it, earlier. And we could add more people well, on because thing. this is actually really fun. I'm telling you, the two-thirds of the series so far was, was garbage. Bullshit. Not until we got yeah. to Metropolis that things really started taking off with the connection to the it's Ultra true. Humanite and everything like that. And then we had to pause that to do Lazarus Planet stuff. Like, if this series was this yeah. the entire time, it would have been amazing. And you know what the thing is? I'm not going to say that there's not funny moments in this. But it actually feels like Gina Lan Yang is taking it more seriously than before. Before it was just, let's, it almost felt like the Scooby Doo adventures. And I'm not, you know, throwing shade at that either. It's just, it felt like an all ages book of, hey, let's see what happens when we go to Metropolis. Let's see what happens in Amnesty Bay. And it just didn't have an overall feeling of importance. And now maybe tying it into the Lazarus planet, he realizes, oh man, I better make it a little more because once Ultra Humanite showed up, it really upped the ante. And this issue, while it is fun, and I'll tell you, one of the other things I laughed a lot at is Ultra Humanite is basically taking on the Justice League single-handedly as Marcus's parents grab him and run. And they're like, let's get the hell out of here. But what are they going to do? They just skedaddle. But I did like that. And I thought it was a kind of a, a funny play. But at the end, you have the you have Ultra Humanite, whose big plan was I'm going to make 
the monkey king monkey subservient king to me, yeah. but he can't come out. He does me no good. He can't come out the next of best the thing. deal. I have the next best thing. And it ends up saying, I know that you probably listen to me because I am your grandfather, but I, I kind of have to be a little more, you know, sure of this. Well, that's the thing. He, in- he injects Marcus with nanites to the point where I'm going to ask you a favor and you know what? You're going to oblige because if you don't, well, that's where the nanites come in and it's going to cause you a lot of pain if you don't do it. And it's this weird situation where I really like the way the, the dynamic of it where you do have the super villain ultra humanite. He's one of the biggest bads there is. He's also Marcus's grandson. He loves Marcus, but he's uh, Marcus is now a superhero. He goes and hangs out with capes, which is much to, you know, ultra humanized chagrin. He's like, hey, so where are you off to now? Uh, going to go do cape stuff? Hey, why don't you come by the cabin in a week? We'll have dinner and stuff. It's just weird way of this, this play they're doing where it's this evil nicety that's going on because he's going to force Marcus to do stuff that he doesn't want to, but he's still treating him like a grandson where it's like, Hey, let's do some nice, gra- like grandfatherly stuff. And your parents are going to be okay. I'm going to take care of them. You go and do your superhero stuff. You just come back. We'll do this. But like Marcus is in such a tight spot now because of these nanites. And I'm like, how do we deal with this? <laughs> I do. I, I do like the idea. Like, I, I think that. The thing is, I don't think Ultra Humanite is the worst grandfather ever. I do think he has some feelings for this family, but they're not that much. But he, I think, is going too far and thinking that, hey, I'm going to ask Marcus some really wacky stuff. So I need to have that extra bit to blackmail him into it. But I do think that overall, but we only have one issue. But I I hope that the stuff that he's talking about, I really would have just thought that let's get the father and mother saved let's get forward with that and it's weird because a lot of people who are giving shade to this book and maybe jumped in recently they're, they're really taken aback by the idea that marcus supports his mother and father i don't mind that i know they're no, bad I like and i know that they are you know they're that wacky bad right they're they're the henchmen it's it's yeah. the play of the the stupid henchmen that always get knocked out or whatever but I like that he is, I mean, they are his parents and he's trying and he doesn't want them to die. I'm sure he wants them to be better heroes, but this could be, and if it was something that had more space, I mean, this could end up being a thing where Ultra Humanite ends up making Marcus kind of go and spy on the Justice League and do weird stuff because he's pissed off at him. But I don't think we have enough room for that. So we'll have to see how it ends. But what would you give it? I need us to have so many more issues just because the dynamic that we finally have gotten to is so cool. There's no way you can do any kind of justice with one more issue. It's so disappointing. Can we pretend the first gotten... trade didn't happen and we could get six more issues, right? Because it was goofy. The first eight issues were not good. It's not until issue number nine when we got to Metropolis where things really started hitting its uh, like a solid kind of like movement. And I, I care about the story so much. I'm like, there's so much potential, so much more to do, and we don't have time. I just really hope there's something that comes up that continues us somewhere because I'm having a lot of fun with this now. Yes, I think some of the motive, not motivations, but how Ultra Humanite got on board. The, oh my God, this monkey prince is my son, Mar- my grandson, Marcus. That came on a little too quick. But besides that, I had a lot of fun with this. Even like, all right, the, the way that Ultra Humanite figured that out. And, but like the idea of like, oh, we have to go to the Hall of Justice. Marcus is there, leads back here. You didn't need any of that. And the way that Ultra Humanite figured out, that was a little bit too qu- quick in my mind. But beyond that, I think this is a great issue. One of the best issues has come out of this series. And I think the art looks great. 7.8 out of 10. I'm going 7.5. I-, I did enjoy it. And again, it's the buildup of liking Marcus as a character and then finally getting a bit more serious, not being goofy and getting something that really. And all the stuff they set up here is great. Yeah, it really feels like this is the start of something bigger. But we only have one more issue left, and that's a real shame. That's a real 
real shame. We'll see how it, it progresses from the stuff that's going on in the whole Lazarus planet as well, because maybe, I don't know, people will be like, man, I like that monkey prince, but I, this book is not selling. Selling better than Tim Drake, though. Eric, I'll give yeah. you that. So we're going to move on to Drake. the last book of the podcast, a book that, as we're saying this about Monkey Prince, you have to be thinking about Poison Ivy because this book has been extended twice. It started as a six-issue mini, then got extended to 12. Now it's an ongoing. I don't really get it, but here we go, Eric. Give us the credits. Poison Ivy, number nine, written by G. Will Wilson, with art by Marcia Takaro, Arif Prianto, Hassan Atzmain El Howe. And the idea that this is now an ongoing is ridiculous because that just means, in my mind, more Lamia spores for some reason. Because I really thought that we dealt with the idea of the Lamia spores at the end of the first arc of the series where we had the Lamia spores. It was killing her. It turned out it wasn't killing her. And then she used that to get a greater connection to the green where all the stuff that would have killed her, like it was taken out of her body because of the connection to the green that she had again. But now it just seems to be all about the Lamia spores. And I don't remember... Like, I'm reading this, and I couldn't remember, like, was that a thing that we were still dealing with to this kind of degree where she has to, like, be careful kissing Harley because she doesn't want to give her Lamia spores? Because I really thought the threat of that was taken off the table. Well, she kind of had a little of that going after that first six issues and the taking down Woodrow and stuff. And then when she got into that seventh issue, we still kind of had it, but she was dealing with it. It's just weird. So my my biggest problem with this book, and I'll explain why I think there is a place for it. It's just not a place for me, but the idea that you had the six issues, the story really was going nowhere. You you were interested, and it was interesting. And I say this all the time. I didn't like it, but it was interesting. You had this idea of Queen Ivy versus the deal. Oh, my God, I'm not as powerful as I was. The gardener done it was taken away over. from me. I'm now against the Who whole am I now? Everybody's a bunch of assholes. I'm burning Suicide this whole place mission? down, including myself. It wasn't the idea of, I want to make things better for moi. It was, I'm going to burn it all down and hopefully the green will replenish itself and it'll all work out for the green. And she starts doing that and, you know, trying to get her power back. And then all of a sudden we find out because it was not really progressing very fast. And, you know, the whole time we're like, man, we only have six issues. Then it's announced it's going to continue. That seemed to completely derail the Completely. actual story that was being told to start with. Well, even that one, but before we even got to the extension where the main story was over, because once we got to the point where Woodrow took all agency away from Pamela and what she was doing because it was all Woodrow's plan and nothing was really happening, in the back, that just kind of derailed everything. And then we continued on and for some reason just kept talking about Woodrow. And then, you know, Ivy continued her road trip and all of a sudden, oh, there's another disciple of Woodrow. I got to fight her. And now we're just after that. And then, like just dealing with Lamia Spore still in this, I'm like, how are we still dealing with this? The weird play that I, I get in my mind is, yes, now it's an ongoing. It, from the 6 to the 12, who were you? like? I, and you could just say, well, Poison Ivy fans, but I'm not just talking that. I'm talking about the people who are enjoying the story or whatnot. Were you giving them a benefit by extending from 6 to 12 when that story that led up to that point Completely got derailed, and then you really didn't get it. Then you go now from, okay, we're going to get to 12. We're still dealing somewhat with, let's get to Seattle or whatnot. Now you end up saying it's going to be a overall, it's an ongoing, and it seems like all bits of story are just thrown out, and you're just doing nonsense. Harley shows up. It's a one-shot deal. Hey, Harley and me are going to smooch. It's completely like, as it's gotten extended, it's lost track of a total narrative that I don't really know. And what I said earlier about who and what the book isn't for me. I do think that this book now 
is just the idea. If you like Poison Ivy, get this book and she'll do things. That's all I get from it. I don't even even that. I don't even feel like she did much this issue because yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people get on this because you have because you have Harley Quinn That's back, it. and if you want an yeah. issue of Harley Quinn and Pamela Isley just you know smooching up and loving each other, that's fine. But even that feels like it's diminished to a degree because. All right, uh, give me some of your mushrooms so I can trip balls and see the world through you do. So now it's just Harley and Pam walking through Seattle while she has these fucked up visions about the green. But it does nothing ultimately because even by the end of the issue, it's like, hey, I'm going back to Gotham because I got Gotham stuff to do. I think you're going to end up there in in the long run. But you finish whatever you need to do out here and come on home, baby. But what does Pamela really have to do out here anymore? Like, what is her mission? What is anything that she has any plans of anymore i just don't understand her motivation in anything and this harley showing up here yeah it's nice but it does nothing for any kind of story no and again this feels like one of those issues that be a cool down issue after like some really big arc and whatnot but this book is meandering but again like i said it seems as if and i'm not saying this is not shade like i don't want to get yelled at or anything it's not shade i just think that a lot of poison ivy fans because you don't normally get a Poison Ivy book. They just want a Poison Ivy book. It doesn't matter. I see people applauding this book as the best Poison Ivy book they've ever read. And I look and they're all Poison Ivy fans. And yet I think they're just satisfied with just having a book and having her, hey, this issue, she's with Harley. Well, we like that. Next yeah. issue, she might do that. This little, and, uh, table. you know, I like Jennifer that. Jennifer HR still. And you're to, because now, yeah. And Jennifer HR continues and will continue when she goes back to. Gotham. I'm going to read what they gave as not a solicit. It, but it's it feels like, weird. That it's an announcement. I'm going to read by the time we get done to just let you know what this book will become because it just feels like, again, it's just a random bunch of things that happen. It's like it's the road trip, but then it isn't. But yet things are happening and everything gets left behind. It's a very odd book. It really is. It's so weird, though, that we had Janet from HR out here doing stuff for whatever the company was that she was working for at the evil Woodrow disciple. But now like we're in Seattle and Pamela has a cottage somehow. And it's not Janet's place where she lived previously. I'm like, how do you have a cottage? And why is Janet your roommate? Well, here's the thing. And this is something that drove me nuts in that couple issues. Ago I don't have whatnot. a cottage. It was the idea. Yeah. Who knows about that? But the idea where Janet got screwed completely, because if you remember, she was oh, yeah. begging Ivy, don't do anything bad because if I lose this job, I don't have my insurance and I can't get that surgery for that, you know, growth on my liver. We did that. Yeah. And then you ended up having Poison Ivy in that point say, don't worry, I have doctors that owe me a favor. But I said when I reviewed it, even on a YouTube video, that does shit for the apartment that she ended up getting. Because she said she moved from Gotham to you know, near Seattle, wherever the port, whatever they are. And she ended up getting this new job. But her boyfriend, who she thought was the greatest thing ever, found out that she had something wrong with her liver and broke up with her in the weirdest play. But she's like, I have to pay for that. Well, obviously, she lost the apartment, has to live with Pam. But that's kind of pushed aside. How did Pam get there? Janet from HR, her, her uh, situation was solved because for some reason, Poison Ivy was just able to do stuff. And hey, yeah, you're, what about you're those other now. people, right? Everybody who lived in the town that doesn't have the money coming in from that corporation yeah, anymore and everybody else who was working for the corporation who maybe needed insurance or a job, they're all fucking out too. But thankfully, Pamela saved Janet from HR. Yeah, Janet from HR who got that surgery. A roommate who goes and does the grocery shopping for Pavel, it seems like. And skedaddled out of Gotham because she was involved in a sus factory. She got her fired from Gotham. Yeah. 
she to Pam burned it down, so she had to get out of there. But they're going to go back to Gotham. Here's what this deal, and it does but not yet. end up. No, not yet, because there is this villain that's going to come into this book. I think it's like called Glop. I don't oh, know where Glop. But it says here, and this was the announcement because it's now an ongoing. There sure is nothing quite like a romantic night with your sweetie in the swamp to make your mouth water, right, Aaron? It's the dawn of a new day as Pamela Isley makes a return to Harley in Gotham City with a love-struck Janet from HR in tow. Detention so thick, you can cut it with a fan boat's propeller. Really? So I guess we are heading back to Gotham. And Yeah, we are. And and with that... It just seemed like Pamela Isley's talking about, like, I got work to do here. I can't go back there. Janet, pack your bags. We got a mission to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what it must be this other... I don't know. Nothing set up, but... Overall, people who like Poison Ivy would get mad at me saying whatever, but this extension here, it feels like it might be a little too late, and I think that the book is already, from the sales numbers that I can see, there's not a ton out, but it's starting to slip in the sales, and it's almost like that idea that they're like, man, this is really doing great, but waited a little bit too long, and it's starting to fall, but this book also always has a ton of variant covers, so it might be a foundation of sand there we'll see but the book needs to get an identity beyond hey here's poison ivy doing shit and here's poison ivy i mean at the one point you end up with the lamia spores and it is it's hardly tripping balls she can see the green oh my god is this how it always is yep let's go eat and then they just walk around i mean what happens here they eat they walk around and they make sweet love that janet is upset because she can't sleep because of I can hear you. And even with these things, with the Harley, and you end up where, you know, you're going to get your jokes. Hey, I got to find my phone. Oh, here's a rubber ducky. That's not it. Oh, what's this? And there's this gavel. Oh, no. Sorry, that was supposed to be private. I'm like, I'm I'm not getting that joke. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I got it in my mind, but it was gross. Yeah, still, it's just nonsense. And then she's like, oh, here it is, the phone. Here's the picture for you. You are doing good. Just let me uh, verify that that stupid-ass garden you made a couple issues back, it's now a, a crazy garden. Oh, Remember man, that I thought that I garden you made bad. at the motel? Well, I got there, too, for some reason, and I took a picture with the landlady of that motel. And she was happy as hell that you did some magic poison ivy stuff because while you're upset that you have to do the Lamia stuff and you don't have your full green powers, turns out maybe it's just you who's not letting you have the full green powers because, hey, look, here's a garden, this picture I took, huh? So maybe you should just get back on the horse and stop fucking bitching about it. Yeah. So what you're doing here, instead of really spelling out because Eric Shea wants to have a battle of the green eventually. Oh, my God. But you also want things to find a bit so more. Take that swamp thing. Poison Ivy in the green, you kind of need a little more definition of it. But what Harley does is show up and say, don't you get it? The power's always been within you. Boom. That, that's <laughs> it. I mean, it goes. But she Jim, tries to skirt around it a bit, but that's all it is. The power is was all, always that, that within really is, yeah. And it's like, really? Like that. But and Jim, then after that, says, I got to skedaddle. Jim, how does this tie into what we had in Harley Quinn, where the Harley Quinn who laughs had kidnapped Poison Ivy and brought her back to Gotham to use her against our Harley Quinn? Eric, that. Seriously, if they end up somehow. You know that we'll Poison get, Ivy with the green skin that doesn't match this one at all? Yeah, we'll, we'll get some crazy editor's note that they'll say something that'll make no sense at all. Like, this uh, it takes place in, like, now, now you can't make it work and you can't. And again, if you're going to, that's one of the biggest problems with Harley, who I'm more of a fan of than Poison Ivy. But it is that idea of, hey, crazy Harley here and Suicide Squad Harley there. And we, we've had this problem since the, the day is old, Eric, as they say. 
And uh, this just convolutes things more. But, you know, you jump in and out of books. But I don't know. Do, do you end up where who, who is now elevating who? Because the Harley book sells like shit. The, this Poison Ivy does sell better. But yet you have Harley here to elevate it, them together, get people excited. But I don't know that anymore. I, I just That's wonder. the thing is. I get excited about Harley and Ivy. It's just you, you, you see have it to all do the time, something. and ultimately you don't ever do anything except for, "Hey, no. isn't it great that they love each other?" Yes, it is. But here it's just walking around saying the power is within you all along. Well, Harley trips balls and says, "Like I'm going back home. Hopefully, you she come does back home just too." Trip balls. The story is nothing. It is nothing yeah. at all, and it's so disappointing because I like the art in this in this book, and I think yeah, it looks wacky. great. And I want there to be an overall through line to the story because I was enjoying the road trip suicide deaths thing, even though you didn't, maybe a lot of people didn't. But I thought it was interesting for how, you know, uh, Pamela was taking, you know, the loss of the power she had and what she was going to do with that and who she was going to become from that. And now it's like, we're just kind of meandering and this entire issue of meandering where it's like, hey, isn't it cool that Harley and Ivy love each other? Yes, it is. But you need to do something more than that because I've seen it a million times. And G. Will Wilson, I do like kind of as a writer, I really did like. The whole deal with Miss Marvel, some people didn't, but that's fine. But the idea where this is starting to feel, and, and you're already this many issues in to give us an issue that feels like that newbie in the Justice League, where everybody just gets in a room so they can tell each other how isn't great they are. great? And yeah, yeah isn't Nubia great? No, no. You know who else is great? Black Canary. Pretty cool, right? Yep, you're right. Not as cool as Nubia. I love the idea where Janet in this, and this is where you're going to get the lip service or fan service deal with the idea where yeah, Janet's like, listen, you know, I know this house is a tight fit. I don't know about this. You kind of screwed my whole life. But if this is going to be how it is, I might I might leave. Listen here, Janet. Pam gets mad. But then she says, I love Harley. And then Janet says, love, like love, love her. And then you just get this out of nowhere. Like, you understand how smart she is. People can't understand it because they, they don't understand her. It means she's not smart. I'm like the fuck is this coming from nonsense stop it we all know this and whatnot and especially the people who would be reading this book obviously most of them will love harley and harley and poison Ivy being together you don't have to prop that up in the story tell a story we know these characters are pretty good if you're buying this book you, you probably think that anyway i don't need to waste space for that and i'm afraid that once we get back to gotham that's all we're gonna get but and i don't i thought that one of the big plays and you liked it too was getting her out of Gotham to be able to, you know, breathe and, and do her own thing. Now we're just going back to Gotham. So at one point, I'm sure we'll fight the gardener and nonsense like that that we don't need at this point. Uh, but, yeah, there's not much else to talk about. They just kind of stand though. around and eat. But what do you give it her? Ultimately, I think I'm going to give this a 5.5 out of 10. That's mostly for the art because yeah. I do like the way this book looks. I am all in for a Harley Loves Ivy because I like that. But, again, I'm going to need something more than that because it's something that everybody has seen a million times who are a fan of these characters. And it's just it's a nothing story with good art. And it's, it doesn't do anything for the series overall, it feels like. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm a 5, just a straight-up 5 because the art's okay. Uh, and – it's been that kind of cool looking art, whatever, but the story's doing nothing. And, and yet it keeps getting extended where it's not like, oh, man, this is great because now we have more room to tell this story. There's not really a this story even going on in this. It's been like that for a while now. And I, I just don't get it. But again, I think that a lot of Poison Ivy fans just want a book and they, they'll enjoy this. I mean, this is right in their wheelhouse. I'm not saying that it's not good and they're just fooling themselves. They probably would enjoy this it's just not for me uh but what is your book of the week 
My book of the week is Batman number 132. That is mine as well. I'm going to, J-Man's flipping out right now, Eric, and just, you got (laughs) to settle down. We got a lot of time, just like you ended up coming, you know, with this one minute war. Once you realize there's a lot going, let's just settle down. It's pretty cool. I think it's interesting. But what we have next week, Eric, is really interesting. Two of these books that I'm going to mention will be on the Patreon Badass Spotlight, two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And if you want to, uh -uh, if you want to listen to that, you go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird signs, sign up, and you get a ton of podcasts. Uh, There's not many books next week that we deal with. So half of them are going to be on the Patreon. It's almost (laughs) almost like an impromptu Patreon-only podcast. But here's what we have. There are other books coming out, but there's a lot of side books. There's just stuff that isn't the main stuff. I'll mention a couple of those because I think the one is really cool. And most people thought that it had disappeared. And that's Swamp Thing Green Hell number two. I forgot there might have been an eight month delay between I thought these. It was over. A lot of people thought it was because it is Jeff Lemire and he ended up going, uh, what's it called? That image, I believe it is that he's exclusive. Uh, so some people even thought, well, they're, it's done. He can't, but he's, he's coming back with that. But we end up what we're going to be talking about. Batgirls number 15. All right. The Batgirls. Eh, it's, it's one of those things. Kidnapped I, I by Daddy Dearest. Don't love the book, What's right? What's Stephanie Brown going to do? Yeah, I, but I don't, I don't know. It's Rad. They drive me nuts. But that, that book we have fun talking about sometimes, so I don't mind. Batman Incorporated number five. Uh, for the moment, it's on my pull list, Eric, because sure you forced is. me into it. I do like it enough, but I ended up. You, you told me you. I wasn't. Told me I wasn't playing the you were, game. You right. were trying to pick books that aren't even out yet. I'm like, you can't do that. Listen, I I was expecting when I do that, like you changed the game, dog. That's what I was hoping. I was like butters in yeah, the you know, I say game. dog all the time. Honestly. I was changing it up, dog. <laughs> uh, but you wouldn't allow that. Uh, no. Some of the other things. Are you going to end up checking out Batman Spawn Unplugged One? Eric? Are you going to? Check that out. That's I didn't like the, it plugged. Why would I want to unplug? That's the story without the unnecessary story and dialogue, Eric. It's just the art. Isn't that weird? It's a weird play. We also have I Am Batman number 18. I believe the that's finale. the finale. Yeah, we'll have to see what is going on with that. What is that. the future of Jace Fox? Yeah. Is there a future with Jace Fox is, is what I'm wondering, Eric. I mean, seriously, do you think that he will see him again at some point? Yes, yes, I do. That's unacceptable, Eric. I hear people hating on. We we like. We want to see Tiff more. People hating on him before before the book even came out. Here's the hate in it. Nobody's buying it, so it's a shame. But we we liked it at a point. Uh, We also have Lazarus Planet Dark Fate Number One. Yeah. Um, Every time you say man, I do think a manship every time. All right, Pierre. All right, P. I don't know if he's alive. Lazarus Planet Dark Fate Number One. That's it. That's it. Uh, also, Wildcats number four, but as Eric said, Matthew Rosenberg sucks ass, so we don't talk that. about that. I remember that earlier. I still know anything about the Wildcats. It might just be me and stuff like that, but I remember you saying that. Uh, but yeah, two of the four books will be on the Patreon spotlight. So really, if you want to listen to Lazarus Planet Dark Fate, I don't even know. Do you think Batman Incorporated? That's a weird second I book. Think, I think I am Batman, honestly. You think I am Batman? Well, there you go. If you want to listen to Lazarus Planet Dark Fate, nobody wants to hear I am Batman, Eric. What are you talking about? I'm not so. Yeah, me and you'll be talking about it. So, yeah, only a couple books, but 
That is the end of the podcast. Go Eagles. Uh, I have already made my prediction. If you're on the Patreon, you'll know that Eric predicted that Kansas City would win. I ended up saying that it's going to be yeah. the Eagles. You didn't really say. You you don't even know if you're going to watch it because you haven't really watched many games. I haven't this, watched this any year. games this season. I'm like, well, I don't care I'll about be the watching Super Bowl. It. 30-24 Eagles is my prediction. Right. Now, it's funny. This actually will come out probably like right as the game starts. Eagles. So what I'll end up doing. I think that my prediction is. I left a blank there. I can edit it in later. (laughs) My, nobody's going to know what I'm talking about, but I'm so dumb. I'll keep this part in. No, I do think it's going to be 30 to 24. Eagles, uh, me and Mark, Matt Razor, Mark, me and Dr. Matt were talking that we think that uh, this is the strongest Eagles team ever, Eric. So maybe you should, maybe you should do yourself a favor and watch. The tapestry of football that the Eagles call. I would, but game then I have to day. go somewhere. Really? You, you, oh, don't do you have? Do you even have cable now? Do you uh, have I'm sure I could watch it in some way, but the thing is, that there's a the Super Bowl party going on at Jess's parents' house. That it's going to be a lot of food. It's probably going to be so like a decent time to like hang out and eat. But I hate going places. I know. And also, you'll be there, and they'll be talking to you about the Eagles, and you'll feel like a jerk, right? You feel like a jerk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then the next thing you know, you start talking Star Wars. You're wrong there as well. They, they One shame time. you. One time's enough. But, uh, yeah, so everybody, I hope, and most people will be watching the Super Bowl. Most people will only be watching it for the commercials. Eric, I did see some of the early commercials. There's some funny ones. I'll tell you, they got me a laughing, Eric. Uh, but with that all, we're going to get going. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody who mailed in. Thanks, everybody listening. Check out our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you on back. Go and check out our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And then finally, our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can get a bunch of shows, including that weekly spotlight each and every Thursday night. From me and Eric Shea, Eric, what do we say at the end of the show? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. Weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. The Wolf Man. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.